But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Yes, that's true. I'm RJ, Fez, AJ, Scott Seinberg, Mackenzie. We got a full house. What a show. What a show. So there's two episodes. One, we, tr- we stuck to the picks because we carved out the other stuff. So that one's going to be not as long as you'd think, pick-driven. And then we have a second episode, which is all the other stuff. A lot of good theory talk. We talked Billy Walters in the second episode. You gave a bonus free pick in there. I did. And then we got a third that was just for Thursday night, and we're doing a same-game parlay. Unprecedented. I, I, yeah, the three's unprecedented, AJ. You're right. But I think the same game parlay, I like seeing an, a, a hill with a steep incline. Can I run that? Or in theory. I was well, Walt- say, really? Not really. But <laughs> That's in, what the Walter Payton training theory used to run yeah, those Jerry hills. Rice used to run the hills. Right, he was great. Hmm. Best ever. Best football player, some would say. Okay, now, check them all out. If it's past Thursday, you can skip the Thursday, obviously. But it's still entertaining. Same game parlay. Or pay us plus 360? Yes. And we got another one that's like a jumbo one, right? Okay. Now, speaking of money, $50 you can save on any NFL early bird. Now, why would you get NFL early bird? Mm, I don't know. The season's starting. All right? Now, if you wanted the college, you can still get it. It's there. College and pro is there. But right now, this week, it's about the NFL. And 50 bucks off anything you want. Now, who's been winning? Fez has been winning 12-5-1 in the preseason, not to mention how much you up on the year, the, the, the calendar year? On the calendar year, plus 24 units. Yes. Okay. All right. And up a good many units in the preseason. So does the preseason predict? I think so. Not perfectly, but I'd rather you be 12-5-1 than 5-12-1. I know that much. The Hitman, 24 and 10 in the preseason. By the way, free pick from the Hitman on today's show. 24 and 10. Yeah, strong. That's impressive. Three pushes there, up 22 units. Last NFL, last two seasons, that's 81.8 units. And what I know for sure about the Hitman is he grinds. To the point where he's like, I don't know how you were telling me, I don't know if I can do this five more years. It's like I like someone that's on the brink of a nervous breakdown. He is literally refreshing every like 40 different beat writers' Twitters constantly to get information about injuries. And it's something that the wonderful thing about it is, yeah, if you if he's able to fire right away, there's things you can exploit that way, but that knowledge you can exploit longer term with 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 side plays and different things, and that's why he's up. This is the Hitman now, over 80 units last two seasons. Now, all these picks, you just go to pregame.com, you can hit buy picks, and then you choose what you want, 50 bucks off. Now, you know what? I think we got to give a coupon for this. Yes, we do. It's NFL 50. Now, some people are thinking, you know, I could just maybe just guess that. Yeah, you could maybe, but then you'd miss this. NFL the number 50. NFL 50. NFL 50. <laughs> That is correct. Um, now, Fez, again, winning on the year, winning eight out of ten years with us, winning in the preseason. Winning, I think it's fair to say. Winning. Good fella. 
40 units last season in the NFL. Dave Esler, 35 units last season in the NFL. This is a lot of winning. And these are the guys, literally, we got over 10 years with Esler of data. He's, he wins. Goodfellow, 10 years. Fez, a little, like they're like 11 or 12 because you came after them. This, we're talking like 30-plus years with those three. I mean, Bobby Fischer used to say, why did he open with the king, the king's pond? Before, right? right? And he said it's, it's been proven by, uh, it's been proven by test or, or some, I can't remember his exact phrase, but it was like saying, this is the move I know is going to stand up as opposed to some newfangled move. <laughs> 30-plus years with those three. Hitman, newer, and Hitman's got the 80, and there's others, right? I mean, so it's you pick them, you get who you want, you get 50 bucks off, NFL 50. Now, I'm going to quickly tell you about our free super contest. You go to pregame.com, you click the contest, and for free you get a chance. It simulates the super contest. We're going to be in the $5,000 special again. But with you, it's zero to enter. They made a mistake. Apparently, the super contest is at only a thousand now. They're giving away fifteen hundred. And you know what? We just said stick with Give it. Give away RJ Bell's money. What? Who cares? They don't need to check. It's on not that. my money. And there's bonuses. I mean, listen. This is one where there is no debate because. It's free if you like making picks. And it's even better. You don't have to put all five picks in at once. You just have to meet five, the criteria, leading up to the week. You want to cherry pick Sunday night, you grab one. You want to pick Wednesday, grab one. You want to do it Sunday morning, five minutes till, you grab them. Sounds better than the Super Contest. In that regard, it is. Now, our prize is 1500 plus other you know things. Their prize is a little bit more. Yeah. But it, they cost 1000 to get in. You know what's fun, though, Fez? You know what happened? The last year's winner, we give them a choice. You can have the cash, mm-hmm. or we enter you into the super contest, give you a free proxy that McKenzie takes care of for us. Last year's winner took the contest, so he's going to be entered so he cool. could be like moneymaker, win one, then win the other. Beautiful. I hope we get a cut if he does that. He's trying to beat you. I don't think he's in the 5,000. Oh, okay. I don't enter... Fez, I'll let Fez worry about that other contest. <laughs> I, me and him, like, to, and we, you know, this whole pod does the 5,000. I love that. I like those less people. I don't want to have to deal with the hoi polloi, right? It's like, you're, it's like the poker player. You're going to play the 2-7, you know, with 180 my, other people. That was my road game, draw low ball. You didn't want to, you don't want me dealing in that game. Let me just don't say Don't need that, like that trouble. <laughs> you don't need that trouble. <laughs> All right. So what do you do? You just go. You enter. Contest. It's free. There you go. So NFL 50. It's opening weekend. We got three pods. This is the main one. This is the pick one coming up. Enjoy. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, by the way, last thing. Monday night, we're taping. Tuesday, it's released. It's the recap show. Me and Fez. We're giving a lot of free stuff away, Fez. And we're going to talk about line moves. And line moves. And starting next week, we're going to do a quick little Friday phone call that we make a pick on every game and debate them. And we got a, we, we, we bet a thousand. Whew. Whew. Enjoy. Kickoff weekend. We got a full house and we got a unique, unique format 
A lot of you guys know about it. A lot of you don't. First, let's announce the boys, the Wise Guy Roundtable. To my right, at 4 o'clock, on the clock, A.J. Hoffman. A.J. won the championship right here on this pod last year. It was a miracle. It was like, (laughs) I mean, people, people say, you know, was it the Olympics in 80 at Lake Placid? I, I was going to get Al Michaels to do, do you believe in miracles? <laughs> Thank you. That's a big it, confidence boost. It fell through. It fell through. What was your record? 58-34-1. Uh, and one, and It's kind of sad you got that memorized. 39-18 and 18 on top three plays. Do, do you have it tattooed on you? Anywhere? No. Like, that would be something you could show your grandkids. I learned, I, enough times you asked me and I didn't know that I started typing it at the top of my weekly notes. So you don't know it. You just have it. So you, you don't have that memorized. I just know I was the champion. You don't have that memorized. I don't have it memorized. I was the champion. Fez, do you think he has that memorized? I think he does. I mean, I, ho- I kind of hope he does. Listen, I'm not going to say he was lucky. One game. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. <sighs> Well, it was I, over the course of 18 I don't, weeks. I don't think that happens in two years in a row is all I'm going to say. Steve Fezzik joins. He's at 1.30 <laughs> and <laughs> on the clock, two-time Super Contest champion. What were your records in those two? The bad year, 53-29 and uh-huh. three. Think uh-huh. about that. AJ, your record. No, no, was, we're not going to think too much about AJ's it. AJ's record was better than what I beat 300 people. It was a tough year for the a- line moves. AJ's hair would fall out if he was going for the champion. Oh, wait. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other one was like 56 and 28. So 67%. When you say like, you, you know exactly. There's ties. But you know exactly. 54, 26, and 5. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we know that. Scott Seidenberg. Hmm. 11? Uh. Yes, 11, 11. So you guys, there was, you, there was a little rigmarole yesterday because th- th- we got them lined up to play in the Golden Nugget, and they were putting their fingers to the wind. They were going, I wonder what the traffic's going to be like. I went, what, what time does that have to be submitted? I think it was you guys weren't sure you were ready to step up to the big time, and I stepped in and I said, I, listen, can we agree to this? You're the newest one. I don't veto very much, do I? I don't come in and by fiat say this mm-hmm. is right or wrong. Yeah, that's fair. All right. This was when I pushed on a little bit. I didn't, I didn't demand it, but I said I want these boys in the big contest because i got to be honest, I think they can do it. And I think the pressure is going to help them. What do you think, Fez? I think so. And, you know, I'm going to commit one time. <laughs> They're going down there every weekend. One weekend, I'm going to go down and I'm buying dinner after they put in their picks on Friday mm. night. I'm going to take them to Hugo's Cellar. That sounds you good. You like Hugo's. You're coming, th- right, RJ? Yeah, for sure. I don't think they're going to go down together, typically, like holding hands, going in and going. <laughs> if AJ yeah. can get a tomahawk chop comped, he's going. No, I'm saying the one time, yeah. I mean,. One time I did see him walking down the street doing Laverne and Shirley, you know, that the theme song, mm-hmm. Shamil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hosh and Pepper, how's it go? Shamil. But it was Hosh and Pepper Incorporated. Yes. We're going to do it. <laughs> that wasn't bad, for that, that, that Leave that be your singing for the month. That was good. All right, so what do we do differently here? Oh, I, I mentioned that because I think – it's going to be nice if Scott gets in the money finished. Now, I hear there's 150, you said, right? 150 entries. They were at 122 last year. So and we were the last sign-up. The last sign-up. 
were they were they uh, not procrastinating? They were. They were, um, we're playing with fire. They were contemplating. <laughs> Let's just say that they were contemplating. Hey, I had to get. I got into it with the parking last night as well. How so? Well, because they they charge for parking if you're not a hotel guest, and the only way to pay you for can't parking. Get validated? We didn't ask for validation. We so, probably so should have. <laughs> but the only way to pay for parking is to scan the QR code. And I scan the QR code. We go to pay and whatever. Give you ten dollars for the two hours. Should this have been on the Fezic focus? When Pretty much. About, no, go ahead. You finish. That. But but long story short, I checked my phone this morning and it says I've been checked into the Golden Nugget Garage for like fourteen hours. So maybe you guys were uncertain for a reason. It sounds like. Obviously, the, there's a basic strategy. Get used to parking at the Golden Gate Valet or the El Cortez for free when you go downtown. No, you need a card with the El Cortez. No, there. not anymore. Really? That changed? Not anymore. They changed. It might be depending upon the hours. But as long, okay. as, as, long as you have a card, yes. See, I always found the D to be especially good to valet. They, and, they, and they didn't. But again, I haven't been down downtown for, you know, oh, you know. Been probably a couple of years. I now, zipped I down that main street, past that Gambler's bookstore, and there's there's the Golden Gate Valet. It's the yeah, easiest like, and out. Yeah, and I like the El Cortez too because it's a little. Yes. I actually think the El Cortez is a cool old school Vegas mm-hmm. kind of feel too. Seagulls, they got great prime rib. AJ probably could have the king cut over there. I, I tell you, he's gonna. There's a lot of good food downtown. That that is true. Okay, so what do we do? So we'll be hearing about the travails of the trip. Trip down there, the parking. We'll be good. We're going to get down there every week. Now, I would hope. Yeah. Now, now, um, Fez, were you surprised it went up? Because this this uh, contest doesn't have any digital entry. Meaning, even during the week, that's what they're saying. Oh, I got to drive down there. They got rid of their app. They had an app and they got rid of it. No, I mean, listen, here's the thing. Technology's not easy. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting because think about it. Famously, stations spent like 10 years trying to get, there used to be a computer betting system, it was called. So CBS, and it was owned um, by the guy that owned um, Leroy's. Oh, I'm Vic having, Salerno. Vic. Vic was always a great, great guy. He was a great guy to me. Didn't yeah. he backroom you once? Yeah, but he was very nice about it. <laughs> he didn't backroom he, you. He, he said if you sit down in the office. They, he said. they said if you want to get, if, they're like Mr. Salerno says if you want to get paid, you got to come over to his office and talk to him. So it wasn't like there wasn't hammers coming out or anything. I had I had my friend Dave Matthews in the background ready to call for the cavalry if I was going to get get escorted out of now, there. How cool are you that you got Dave Matthews? Yeah, exactly. Oof. As back. Up. I mean, was he doing a show in town or not that Dave? <laughs> but why? Why would you say Dave Matthews and it not be that Dave oh, Matthews? He, but, but, he did. He did win like a two hundred fifty thousand world championship of blackjack. That's great. Yeah, but if so. I but if I said yeah, me and Terry Bradshaw is going down. There, I mean, yeah. like, like you got to figure it's Terry Bradshaw. Or I'm yeah, gonna make, yeah, I'm yeah. going to make a point, right? Right. <laughs> He, he was just hoping we let that slide, and the, the people were thinking, "Fly like an eagle." <laughs> All right. So, weren't you surprised though that without an app, they went up to 150 from 100? Yeah, I thought about this, and so I think that there's so many proxies now, and people like they want to have that full house. Like Derek Stevens, that's a great term. The full house is the the ten survivors and the um, the five millions at circa. And most people, here's what's going on, RJ. People are signing up downtown at Circa, and they're like, well, I'm already here downtown. May as well walk across the street and sign up for another contest with a proxy. 
So the proxies are active with the Golden Nugget one, too? I'm sure they are. So that's something you guys might want to look into. I mean, well, what's the typical proxy price? You had to sign up for proxies. No, he, he would let you. Yeah. He, he would let you amend that. I have no doubt about no, that. No, just the rule said that it, it had to be put on when we signed up. I, I, I feel confident. No, I think, I, I mean, Faz, you've dealt with this more than me, but I think you walk down there, uh, you know, you got, if you got there by this or next week and said, hey, and it's a known proxy that they're going to be friends with, because, I mean, they, they're good to the proxies because they want to encourage right. the proxy. So I think you wouldn't have a problem. Okay. But proxies usually under what, fifty bucks or is that something. That it though. I, I, it used I, I like four fifty or five. Well, I'm thinking with a, it's a thousand thousand dollar entry. I don't think they can charge. Yeah. You know more than two hundred. No, yeah, that would be well worth it. I mean, yeah. Fez's dinner he's going to buy for us is that much. <laughs> well, so, we'll get it comped. Yeah. Wow. Well, wow. Well, well. yeah. All right. So let's get to <laughs> it. Let's get straight to it. And what do we do? What's different? We each have. A five, four, three, two, one weight. We don't call them stars because it's not really that. It's a weight. So the five is the biggest. And why that? Because this is, in a way, the brainstorm session for our Super Contest Gold, which we have had last year. Uh, very depressingly, was a down year for us. But the first was it four years before th- four? I think it was right. Yep, five years done. Yeah, so we had after four years, we had the best record over four years. So of anyone in the world, in the biggest contest in the world, mm-hmm. I haven't checked. I mean, the five thousand dollar entry. I think it's the biggest NFL contest, right? I've, it I've, is. Um, I. Haven't checked this year to see with a down year where we line up. I should and I will, but uh, we've done well. And the whole time we've done it here, making the sausage in front of you. Now, just to be super clear, we usually, if there's a real, unless there's a crossfire, which we may have one today in a best bet. Um, two. We have two. Well, not best bet crossfires, do we? Uh, yeah. Uh, not not head to head best bet, but a best bet with a crossfire. Okay, interesting. Mm. All right, so we got two best bets crossfiring. I bet and... RJ and I aren't crossfiring. <laughs> now, no, now, <laughs> now, um, we also have our bets with this. You know, we haven't. I think we just repeat last year, but we can figure it out. So let's next week we'll make sure to announce what all the bets are, um, and we got all the other things we bet that you guys know about. And if you haven't listened, you know, we're gonna put that together in a little grid for you too. That'll be nice. In fact, we'll do that. Before, I'm gonna tweet that. I'm returning to tweeting. Right. I was going to ask you about that. I am. I'm Is it returning. a protest for the X thing? No, no. I just, I got to be honest with you. It, it, it was, I didn't read the comments, but, you know, I could, I could feel them in a way. There's mm. a lot of negativity on Twitter. I don't, or on X, whatever. I love Elon Musk. I don't like that at all. But again, he is a true genius. So, I mean, I don't, when geniuses do things, I just say, good. I'm I'm happy with that. Well, no, I'm not happy, but I think he's probably right. I don't like this $8 they're charging me to get this blue check mark. Well, Fez, that's the only way you would have ever gotten a blue check mark. You should be ecstatic. My blue check mark got taken away. What? Yeah, because no one got a real check mark. Like, like every, every real blue check mark got taken away. Like President Trump, well, forget President Trump, but uh, President Biden doesn't, didn't have a blue check mark. So okay. I earned a blue check mark that was rarefied, and then they took it. Now you're buying one. Isn't that the way? That's the way. <laughs> but I think, I mean, I'll have to get one. They, they should at least have a different shade for someone that had an original <laughs> yeah. blue one. I, I actually believe that. 
In fact, it's part. That's what I'm objecting to on Twitter. To be <laughs> candid, uh, the day I went to my uh, site and saw there wasn't a blue check mark, it was not a happy day. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <sighs> Someone got a talking to. Yeah, no. Elon. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, yeah, you know how I always tell you, AJ. If I disagree with you, odds are that I'm at least fifty percent right. Uh-huh. No matter what. No matter if you think it's crazy. Elon's like that with me, meaning I'm lucky to be 50%. Ooh. Yeah. This guy's power rated through the moon. <laughs> well, you know Elon Musk, don't you? Oh, yeah, personally. Wow. Don't you and <laughs> Dave Matthews hang out with, <laughs> with Elon? Not yet. <laughs> All right. So um, so we will be using the, the, the picks from here. But let me be clear about this one. Well, I'll have to be clear more than once. I'm going to do whatever it takes on Friday night to put the best picks in. I promise you that these are you know what we should do, Fez? We should we'll talk about this next week too. Is we should do something with our best bets in which we put, you know, we just put maybe a dime on it and and, and tweet the ticket out. Because at least then, I mean, meaning you and me and these guys, are, you know, don't play as big, which is fine. Uh, they're they're getting there, you know. I think they both probably play. I mean, Scott probably plays bigger than I. Well, no, that's not true. I was going to say when I was his age, but I I was playing. I bet I was in the top one tenth of one percent, Fez. When I was betting, this is the God's truth. When I was sixteen, I was betting three thirty a game. Oh yeah, yeah, and this was back in like '86. Mm-hmm. But it was—I mean, remember—I yeah, we had taken to, seven on games that were six. Exactly, yeah. it was very college no, basketball. No games. one even understood the, the, <laughs> the back then. The bookies didn't think anyone could beat them. You know, it's it, it, it's, it's interesting because you 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 identified this, and and I think you told you, you told me um, there was a book where they talked about you know just the blindfold method, where you just take the better numbers, and you were doing this back in the '80s, and many people like even in the contest strategy when I was winning contests that helped me, and people were like, oh, Fez just played against these stale. Lines, and I'm like, well, everybody played against those stale mm. lines. I just recognized more than others how valuable a lot of those rogue numbers can be. Plus, it's uh, the case could be made now the better metagame is to not use the stale numbers as much because if everyone else is on them, you can't really gain. Especially with these quarterly and weekly prizes. You know, if, if, if everybody is That's taking stuff, point. it's going to be really hard. You're going to chop a, a quarterly prize 17 ways if you go 18 and 2 with those. So you're saying, so like we, we were talking about the contest of over-unders and you were giving some advice. Hey, they they over-under win totals for the uh, year, right? The Westgate has it. And if we can get there in time, we're going to check. We're, me and Mackenzie's going to enter. Is um, the you made the point? Hey, if you like Kansas City under, go under by more than a half a game because there's going to be so many people clustered there. Even though it's a less chance, it's going to go over by a game and a half or whatever. It will be meta better, right? So the average person they take Kansas City under eleven and a half. They're like, I think Kansas City's going to win eleven games. Mm-hmm. So that's my best guess, and they'll write eleven. Well, if eight of those guys are writing 11 and you're writing nine, if Kansas City wins zero to nine, you're going to scoop. You're, you're going to be, you know, mm-hmm. you go to the top of the tiebreak. Yeah. but they, they, I don't know pl- if nine or ten is right. I did nine on one, ten on the other. It, 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 and it's, uh, okay, yeah. I, I actually, I tell you, and, I mean, we won't get into it, but the more I look at things, the more I think Kansas City is one of the dead unders. And again, this Kelsey thing, I, I heard— One of the live unders. No, I dead dead nut under <laughs> yes. type. Yeah, um, I mean, I heard Kelsey was looking really bad moving in the preseason. So I was, you know, he has to get old at some point. He's like Gronk's age, right? And last year he didn't, 
But but we, I'll just do this only for Kansas City because we're not doing the game. The game's going to be done on Straight Out of Vegas AM, so check that out. Uh, that will be on Thursday morning show. So let's get straight to the picks. One other thing that we do is we give the best bets first. If you want to just listen to the best bets, you can do that. That's fine. Stupid, but it's fine. Fez, because of the two super contests, I don't care. AJ, do you want to beef over this? No. Nope. You go first, Fez. All right, five weight. Your Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. Hosting San Francisco, catching two and a half. I don't get this line. So let's start with the power ratings. That's where I start. I have Pittsburgh three points worse. I'm not on an island. That's pretty much where the season wins. Just so three points worse than an average team? Three points worse than, excuse me, than the Niners. Okay. So I have Pittsburgh. I no longer have Pittsburgh. I did have them three points worse than an average team when I had them 29th in the league exactly. a while back. But now I have Pittsburgh one point better than an average team. I have the Niners four points better. All right, so the net is three. So if, so if it was a neutral field, it'd be three. Three. So Pittsburgh at home will make it one and a half, all right? But... What's happened here? Injuries to San Francisco. I don't know that Purdy is 100%. It appears that it probably is, but it's a free roll that he might not be. I know Bosa, if he plays, isn't going to play that many plays. He, yeah, yeah. Bosa at half half value is the best we could probably have, right? Exactly. So if he's worth a point and a quarter, which by all accounts he is, I have to take point six off the spread. And Kittle's banged up. I think he'll play. I've probably got to take a quarter point off for that. So the, comp- the, the combination of all this is going to get me to pick. And if the Lions pick... Pittsburgh plus two and a half is already attractive, and I got to give pregame production under R.J. Bell credit for this. I like the fact Shanahan has really struggled to start the year one and five against the spread week one. Game one, yep. And if you look, think back, think back no further than the monsoon in Soldier Field at Chicago when it was a complete, they were a big favorite and they lost outright to the Bears, who only won three games. So I have a slow starting San Francisco team. Um, How much do you account for pickets like? you know, almost perfect Joe Montana-esque play in the preseason. Yeah, so Pittsburgh, great point. That I think preseason, you largely ignore it. But whenever you see, like, a really huge outlier, and, and frankly, I'm more likely to wait really horrible play than really great play in the preseason. People bring up the, the Lions, how they went 4-0 in preseason the year. They went 0-16 regular season. But the Steelers— Browns are the same thing, I think. Yeah. The, the, the Steelers are not just playing well in preseason. The Steelers are like the, the preseason champs this year. They're playing Buffalo. Buffalo's playing their starters. Bing. 14 nothing. Well, 7 minutes into the Buffalo game. Buffalo eat pretty easy most of the time. <laughs> so, I mean, no team has played better. Pickett looks great. So, frankly, I think my Pittsburgh power rating could even be a little bit low. All right, and all the right. San Fran a little high. It all lines up. Pittsburgh plus 2.5. So, take a gander at the um, Tomlin's first game record. You, you're going to like that. Uh, it's pretty strong. It's not unbelievable, but it's strong. I'll give you some Tomlin stats that are unbelievable. Go ahead. Tomlin as a dog, still 53-30-4 ATS, 64%. As a home dog, 16-4-3 ATS, mm. 80%, and 14-9 and straight up in those situations. And Tomlin 10-5 and five straight up. So, uh, oh, oh, How about ATS? Only 7-9. and nine. Ooh, I think that's part I, of that could be you know Pittsburgh. You know this when they were really good and they're favored. You know a yeah. big favorite. They they tended to like look past. Certainly. Not, now yeah. I, there is one concern I have here, is so I broke down game one since 2012, but for the league, not just individual teams. 
And what I saw here was non-conference games, right? The home team, 15 and 28 against the spread, minus four points ATS. Week one. Week one only. So, and even home dogs, you think maybe that's good. Six and 13, minus five points against the spread. I mean, it's, it's it's ten plus or it's ten years or I guess it's ten plus years of data. You know, I, it's true, but and it's a subset that's oppo what the underlying trend is of covering uh, of dogs and Scott. You you got a good trend going back to two thousand. Yeah, but that yeah. Dog, but the dog stuff is mostly division, right? But what's what's, what's count them all? What's in, what? uh, since two thousand underdogs fifty three percent ATS in week one. Yeah, and that's one eighty three, one sixty three, and fourteen. That's but a I'd, huge sample. But I'd be very interested to see. Look at division. Look at non division. And I'm guessing the non division is going to be about break break even as in fifty fifty. And the division is just is going to have the in fact meat it's on strong enough. I would say that I refuse to bet on a division favorite. I'm just not going to do it. So looking looking from um, 2012, if we just look at so you're saying just dogs. Just dogs, no split or nothing from 2012, 90 and 73. All right, so let's say plus uh, 17 units, right, without, without yeah. the VIG for a second. Now, if we look at dogs just in division, dogs in division are up 20. I see. So, so it's really all divisional dogs. Everything else is close to 50-50. Yeah, I, I just guessed that, but that's exactly yeah. what it turned out. Now, again, 2,000 might be different, mm-hmm. but obviously the, the 11 years of data, you know, I wouldn't be rushing to the dogs, yeah. you know, um, other, other than, than um, in division. Yeah. And even there, I'm going to question this obsession with you can't play a division dog if it's a away dog, or, or I'm sorry, you can't play a, a home favor. I mean, home. I mean, you're right. Home favorites haven't done great, but it's it's um, it's one point seven six points. So one and three quarters points against the spread. It's a lot of points. It is. It is. But the home dogs, fifteen and two, mm. almost nine points. So to me, that, that's getting clustered, and it's, that's almost that. That is, you can't go against that. I, I think you're right about that, and I might have a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ, or uh, any other thoughts on this one? One more thought on and the, we got The hitman has the best bet on this one, too. One more thought on the Steelers. TJ Watt being on the field. The Steelers 8-2 and two straight up in ATS when he played last year. And he wasn't 100% when he came back. Oh, so just the fact that he's out there is obviously huge for that team. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh's, you know, I think Pittsburgh's rolling, meaning they, there's excitement, no doubt. They're opening up at home. I mean, I'm, I, there was a guy on the PFF uh, NFL pod. He picked the Steelers to win the division. Wow. You're, hear, you're hearing a lot of that now. Um, I, I think if Kenny Pickett's like an average quarterback, like in the 13 to 15 range, the Steelers are definitely live for the division. That's a tough division. It is. I mean, yeah. Okay, um, let's listen to the Hitman. He also has Pittsburgh. Now, if you don't know the Hitman— this is a guy, I call him the translucent one. You might wonder why. Because you can almost see through his skin. <laughs> now, you've noticed that, right, Fez? Very pale. Yeah. Makes no sense. He's always outdoors. I don't think he is. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. And he, he's like five foot nine, maybe? Ten? I think he's six foot, feet. Six feet? All right. Yeah. So he's taller than yeah. I remember. Six feet, 135 pounds. I'm at, you know, I'm at, I'm, I'm at Caesars, 
at the pool, and this this attractive lady is like waving at me, and I'm like, "What? That can't. It's got to be someone behind me." And like, it's 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 Hitman's wife. So, so. Uh, at what age do you call people ladies? Because I I think like, I mean, at the time Hitman was out here, I think it was uh, what three years ago. So it was. Um, I'm thinking she she was like 25 at this. Yeah, point. yeah. So, so I mean, so, <laughs> the lady, look, at she's lady. wearing her sunglasses. I don't recognize. I'm like, well, that, surely she's not she's not waving to me, Scott. You know, it's like, <laughs> who is this one? <laughs> no, but but yeah. And he, the reason I tell you you about the translucent one is because I don't care. Meaning, what we care about is great information. 23 and 10 preseason. And I'm telling you. That his information, when it comes to the props, when it comes to using that information to pick winners, is quite strong. Let's listen. Best bet, Pittsburgh Steelers plus two and a half against San Francisco. Pittsburgh's stock has risen significantly since the preseason. The Steelers followed up a strong finish to 2022, where they were the seventh-ranked team in scoring rate per drive and third in yards per drive during the second half of the season. And in this preseason, they had five drives with their starting offense, five touchdowns. Their defense also got significantly better in the second half of the season when T.J. Watt returned from injury ranking fifth in the NFL in pressure rate with him. This means a lot against 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy, who was 43rd out of 47 quarterbacks in accurate target rate last year when he was under pressure. San Fran is also dealing with injuries to George Kittle, and more importantly, might not have Nick Bosa. Without Bosa on the field last season, the 49ers went from an elite pass rushing unit to the league's lowest pressure rate with him off the field. Take the two and a half with the team that could close pick them in the Steelers. I like them all the way down to plus one and a half. So, Fez, anything in here that that, that you hadn't thought of or, you know, what, what was added with what would you want to shine a spotlight on that he talked about? Reinforcing your observation of how good they've been in preseason, because sometimes they, it's like the second halves and the like that kind of like skew some of the data. Five um, drives by the starters, five touchdowns. So, Is that good? Yeah. Speaking of Kevin Cole, he talked about, is there any signal in the preseason? And he says there's two areas with quarterbacks there, there are. There is. One is rookie quarterbacks. If they have a PFF grade 80 or above, correlates to a better rookie year than you'd expect. And second-year quarterbacks, 80 and above, there's one distinction on this, which is it's only on plays that there is pressure. So apparently when there's no pressure, that's a way of filter to say the team's not blitzing, the team, you know, they're playing preseason defense. So you kind of ignore that. But on the plays that they're bringing the heat or they get pressure, you look at all those, they correlate fairly strongly or, or let's say moderately to the regular season. Sure. And in Pickett obviously looked mighty good in those spots. So I, I think this idea that he might be 12th or 14th maybe – but I don't see what the limitation is, right? Is 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 it? I mean, his hands aren't all that big, hmm. but I, I think that that. I mean, what would you compare him to physically? I mean, he's like six three. That's the weird part of it. I mean, he's like quarterback size. I'm I'm just thinking there, there's all this talk. He's low upside. He's low upside, and it's like I don't know. I'd rather have him. I mean, like. Obviously, the the question is, if you can take shots, multiple shots, 
right? Like if Trey Kirk Lance, Cousins. If Trey Lance was a second rounder, I'm being serious. It, it's fine, right? You took a shot, he didn't work out. Now you pick the next one, the next time. You know, he was higher, but but it seems like guys that are projects get that have great talent get picked in the top five. Mm-hmm. So, but if you if you screw up there, it's a big problem. I don't know. Pick it. He. I mean, he was the. He's six three, two twenty. Is is that what it is? Yeah, two twenty. I don't know. I mean, I, I. I. Is it his arm strength? It feels like he can run a little bit. What do you think? Do you think his stock dropped because there was no other quarterback in the draft? He was the first quarterback selected that year, just in the twenties. I think I think he played a lot better than people expected. To be candid, you know, we never talk about this, but I wonder, like, he's a Pittsburgh kid and gets to stay in Pittsburgh, right? You know, after coming out of school, that's got to be a lot easier. The transition versus going to New York or playing on the same field, and he's in the same locker, he's in the same stadium, but just in and same same friends, same venues. But even more importantly, I think. It's the same facilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That literally, they walk into the pit players and the Steeler players apparently walk in the same door. Mm. And Tomlin was talking about how a lot of that pick, a lot of that pick stemmed from um, him getting to know him over the mm-hmm. years, seeing him in the weight yep. room. And just, yeah. So I think if anything, it helped the Steelers make the choice. But I think it's the other side too. Right? Mm-hmm. He's familiar with those guys. Now you would think. Are the guys that saw this little kid four years ago, <laughs> are they thinking, how's this guy our court? But I guess he's 6'3", so it goes all right. The, the most physically comped player to Kenny Pickett draft time was Teddy Bridgewater. Now, wh- wh- where are you getting that from? Uh, there, there's a – just looking through some of the NFL, like the draft uh, reports, mm-hmm. it's, it's the only name I saw pop up multiple times. Because there's a site that actually, if you put a player in, it will give you its comps. I just wondered if you were looking at that. The um, – I think that was the sense, but watching him last year, it doesn't feel like Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe that's the point. He was looked at as a Teddy Bridgewater coming in, but is he still that guy? Okay, so Fez officially has a five-weight. That's a best bet on Pittsburgh. I would kind of lean that way, but I don't. it's certainly not a play of mine. They're my favorite, my, one of my favorite teaser legs of the week. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Is pushing the Steelers up. Yeah, so it's, yep. it's going to be the classic Wong teaser, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Um, Fez, you were telling us that a lot of books are going to 130 on these. Yes, so it's getting fewer and far between in Vegas. Uh, Caesars Palace still has the minus 120 on the six-pointers. Uh, DraftKings still has minus 120. Bookmaker, minus 120. Uh, but, but I would say more than half the books now are charging more. You can't play one. It's hard to win 130 even through the Wong or through the Advantage teaser. but And that goes through three and seven. But if you're not going through three and seven and you're laying 130, forget about forget it. Forget about it. I mean, it really, I mean, we don't often say you can't do it. You can't. You can't. Okay. Number two, you know, I usually go second, don't I? You do. Okay. That seems right. I mean, first maybe, but second's fine. I'm I can't go- believe you said that. <laughs> I'm going, what, that first? That, that you're not, I'm going second, that's fine. It's okay. like, yeah. I'll take it. Tampa Bay is my best bet. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Crossfire. Oh. And I agree, it's a one weight for me. Oh, so you got a one weight on Tampa. Mm-hmm. So it's me and Fez against Scott. Yes. And this oh. is my five weight as well. An auto best bet. Of, oh. Five versus five. Five versus five. Okay. I'm going to let you go first because okay. I, I, I want to give you a shot. <laughs> uh, you, I, people who listen to this podcast know that I am backing the Minnesota Vikings this year. 
I understand the idea of their luck factor last year, and they were not a 13-win team. This is still a very difficult place to play on the road. They have a very good home field advantage, and they are still a top-tier quality football team, in my opinion, with the added element of having Brian Flores a as their deep tier quality team. So last year, where would you have had? I mean, let's not, you know, you don't have necessarily NFL power ratings that you're doing to the no. hundredth of a point, but generally, where did you have them last year? Top, top, uh, top quarter of the league. Whoa. I had them half a point worse than average at the after their playoff loss. Now, football outsiders had them, what, 26? 26, yeah. Now, for me, I'm a big. Um, so this is the debate. Yes. We know they weren't 14 and 3 good. Of course. How good were they? In my opinion is like when people say, oh, they had all these one score games that they won. Mm-hmm. And my reaction is, yeah, but they won those games. Yeah, but you got to win. But you know the winning le- is the most important thing. Josh Allen thing. has fumbled. He's fumbled. The ball is loose. They fumbled before Josh Allen fumbled. J- Justin Jefferson, <laughs> they throw up a prayer on fourth and 18. He, no one could catch that Listen, ball. Listen, here's the beauty of it. <laughs> Scott is a stand-in for a lot of the talk radio um, what would you call it? tropes. And I think it's good to hear how you think about it. I think the math tells us – I agree with them in the following way. I don't think they're – I think clutch is there. I just don't think we're able to ascertain it. And I don't think 14 and 3 is a, you know when you're supposed to be, you know, what, 9 and 8 maybe. Well, first thing's 8 and 9. Well, we we got we got our fourth quarter win share with them and that what we do there and we do this for every game is we do a weighted win percentage based upon what the NFL has in their own algorithm, a weighted win percentage from the entire fourth quarter weighted for the last five minutes the most, the second five minutes the middle, and then the first five minutes of the quarter the least of the three. All right, And and it's very, very accurate. Minnesota, we had a 9.3 wins. So that's got to be number one lucky in the league to, yeah, get, to get 13 But wins. still nine wins. 9.3? Yeah. So it says they're a better than average. Or at least, no, here's the thing. It's not like there's no luck because any luck that happened before the fourth quarter is built in, right? But – I mean, were they lucky there, too? Because supposedly it's close games. Well, 9.3. I, I can accept they won 9.3 games last okay. year, and I think they're worse this year. Uh, and and, I th- and what do you think year to year? Where do you put Minnesota? I think having Brian Flores coaching their defense now adds an element that they did not have last year. Did and they you start were, slow because of that, though? No. Because it's I, a different scheme. It's a lot more man-to-man. And, man. and you're going to see a lot more blitzing as well. And I think that he has the personnel to run his defense in Minnesota. And you're going to see a more aggressive defense than what you saw last year. There's not going to be – they're not going to have a game this year like they did against the Colts where they had that miraculous comeback, but they allowed Indianapolis to score all those points against them. They're going to be very aggressive. And I I don't know how Baker Mayfield deals deals with this defense, to be honest with you. With the Minnesota defense, which was, what, number 28 or so? He's going to have a long year if he can't deal with this. Yeah, I mean. I am very down on the Bucs. I have them win total under. Uh, And I think the Vikings have a massive coaching edge in this game. Todd Bowles is not a good NFL head coach. He's okay. Now it's time for me to step in. Eighteen twenty-seven and three ATS as an underdog. Okay, Todd Bowles. It's time for and me. Baker Mayfield. Uh, uh, one when, more when, Baker Mayfield. No, uh, no, no. One more R- Baker no, Mayfield. No, no. One more Baker. No. Stat. When RJ says it's time ahead. for me. To... Since ahead, Baker Mayfield was drafted, he is the third worst ranked one hundred and fourteen out of one hundred and sixteen quarterbacks against the spread. Against the spread. Okay. Um, 
Forty-one percent. That's a good. That's a good stat. That's that's a good because stat. we thought the only worst like, quarterbacks Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz. Well, we thought Baker Mayfield was like a top fifteen quarterback, and now he's getting valued like he's not. Mac, so. Mac, this uh, this stat on the board is this a uh, do, does Minnesota apply here to the green dot? Yes. Okay, so um, I'm going to pull a Skip Bayless here. So is it my turn now? (laughs) My turn! Now, here's what I'll say. I do want these to be more interactive, right? So I want you to say something. Maybe we respond. I say something. You guys respond. So, you know, that was a fun one because he was, you know, he obviously was overcompensating. As Shakespeare would say, doth protest too much. The lady. Yeah. Oh, there, well, well, not he saying thinks that. thinks the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> I, well, How often am I going to have a Shakespeare quote the, that I'm actually going to know? There we go. There we go. How'd you know that one, Fed? I think you probably said it like correctly <laughs> like last year. Well, I didn't say incorrectly. I just yeah, I, you, you I abridged it. it. I abridged it. You bit lead it. I mean, I don't want to. You just edited Shakespeare. No big deal. No. <laughs> well, unless you quote the entire play, you have to edit. That's true. Right? You're going in for a sliver. I got a sliver out. That's not incorrect. All right. Anyway, um, if you look at bowls, Fez, you got my, um, the coaching, yeah, that one right there, right in front of you. The one right in front of you. Yeah, that's it. So these are the game ones. This is interesting. Todd Bowles has had five game ones, right, with the Jets, with Tampa now. He's outscored against the spread 13 and a half points. So think about this. Wasn't that Tampa that was murdering um, Dallas week one last year? That yeah, 20 was, to 3, right? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Now, but let's think about this. If you have five games and your ATS margin is, is 13 points, I'm going to do some math. 50, it's over 50 points. That's pretty, pretty good. good. Now, that's against the spread. So I think Bowles, you're, I agree with you. I don't like him in many spots. But wouldn't you say, Fez, that's pretty statistically significant? Yes. You say? I mean, 60, yeah. Well, and the key is the margin. Like, I like whenever sixty-five plus points. Um, Scott hates it because all, all the time he's like, he's like seven and two. And what do I always respond when to something that's a seven and two? What's the margin? I'm just like, I'm, yeah, because the roulette wheel, seven blacks, two reds, go bet and bet on black. Good now, luck with that. But now, but the margin's yeah, everything. Yeah. And and again, when if you think about it, if only they had scored sixty-five less points, they would have met expectation. Yeah. I mean. So I think it's – I'm not saying you can't play against this. I'm saying that's a real number, right? I start there. Now, the second thing, and this is something we came up with when we were looking at the season long stuff, but I always like to look at the first week or two. So teams have a green dot, right, on defense and offense. The quarterback is always the green dot on offense. On defense, it's, it's usually an experienced guy. And what the green dot is, it, you have the communication headset – in your helmet. So the def- defensive coordinator can talk to their green dot on defense, right? It's usually someone in the middle, a middle linebacker or a safety, someone well, who can see, see the, the I've actually heard it's 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 more almost always a linebacker and, and like Mika is the Steelers, mm. Fitzpatrick, but he is a rare safety yeah. that, that is. I'm just saying, if it's not the middle linebacker, I've never seen it be a player other than a safety. Yeah. Like someone who has a good view of the entire defense. Mackenzie, we got this year's uh, green dots. You want to look at what what the uh, position split is? Sure. Okay. So if you lose your green dot guy, that's a change. You got to put someone else in there. And that tends to hurt a team early in the year, or at least the first game. Remember the Rams, if I remember when they won the Super Bowl, they had to give that old safety that came in. What was his name? The white guy. Uh, uh, no, you thinking Eric Weddle? 
Yeah yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. He ended up being the green dot, even though he just came on the team because he had so much experience. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, so it's a big deal. And we say, what happens if you lose your defensive coordinator and your green dot? How do you do to start the season? Well, if we look at week one only, they're eleven and twenty-two against the spread. Now, this is world break. I mean, this is like MTV. No one's doing this. This is here. But that's a pretty strong one, Fez. 11 and 22, a touchdown ATS margin in that. So that fits, uh, that, that fits unfortunately, Scott's pick. No way. I'm using Minnesota in my survivor pick. That, <laughs> like they, they asked me um, on another show, well, you know, what's the one big favorite that's, that's going to knock people out of survivor? And, and this is the game. Minnesota can easily lose this game. I, I think so. And I, I'm actually, you know what's funny? If I had to bet right now, I would bet Tampa under for the season. Because I think Colin said something yesterday that I thought was right on. He said, because there's so many quarterbacks that's looking good in college right now, you got Dion's son that looks like he could be a first rounder. I mean, like people are saying that. that Caleb Williams, Drake May. Serious scouts, right? And there's one other guy that was clustered up there too, right? With Caleb Williams and Drake May? Yeah, I mean, not, I mean, he was clearly third. Jordan Travis, maybe at Florida State? No. I I have a question. Yeah, yeah. Might Caleb Williams stay in school another year because he can make more money? He can't make more money than in the, as a, as a, First off, they, they say that a lot of these reports aren't right. Okay. Uh, I mean, maybe some are, but but I mean, what's he going to sign? A car, I mean, how much do they make? They make like uh, the first pick makes what? 50, like $12 million a year to start. I know. I just saw him in a Wendy's commercial, and I was like, dang, how much is he He making? can still do a Wendy's commercial. That, he can <laughs> yeah, still that's do. a good point. That really, that, that really you're, you're spot on. $2.6 million this year. Is what they're saying he gets. Well, that's his NIL this year. It's fourth among college athletes. But that's there's well, that's no, not official, right? That's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. But but RJ, you bring up a great point because he's going to be able to get like a hundred million in endorsements yeah. as, as being plus, part of the NFL. Who cares if he gets what's paid? The number one pick gets the first year, if you don't mind looking up. Um, so to me, this is really a mechanical play, but it's also that I think Minnesota forty-one mil, forty-one mil for the four yeah years. signing bonus of twenty-seven mil. Yeah, so he's going to get 27 to start instead of two, Fed. Well, he's going to get the 27 regardless. <laughs> well, so well, maybe. Is, yeah. He doesn't blow out a leg or something. Um, yeah, that's a good point. You can get insurance, all right? I mean, let's hope not. For the Wendy's money? You just go you go play football. You, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So, um... Fez, why don't you add in your thoughts here? Because you had a one star or, or one weight. Yeah, I, th- I think we pretty much covered. You know, one thing that was interesting is I, I was saying I gotta play dogs. I just gotta, and and the fact that most of this has been divisional dogs maybe makes me a little bit um, less likely to land on Tampa. But I think Tampa's like the Rams. I think there's a team. Whenever I see like a veteran team that's been playing for a contender, they've been contending. I think where that RJ said, oh, I like under six and a half for Tampa. You might like under six and a half for the Rams also, but that's because these teams could fall off a cliff November, December. I want to play Tampa in September when they still, I know they've got that low season win number, but they're still thinking, you know, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're a good team. Everyone plays hard the first game. Yeah. But that was the point I was going to make with Colin's comment. He said, because so many good college quarterbacks are emerging, the, if you don't have a quarterback, are you really, you know, let's say you start three and six. Are you really going to keep fighting at that point? Or are you going to say, hey, let's trade some pieces off before the deadline? And, like, I think Evans probably is out of there yes. at the deadline. It's kind of what we talked about with Kyler Murray. If, if the, the people are saying Kyler Murray might come back, if the Cardinals are 0-8, what's, the, what's well, the point of bringing back Kyler Murray? The, Wouldn't you rather just finish 0-17? But the, 
there's a difference between trading someone and not playing him. Right? Bold prediction: This could happen to the Vikings. The Vikings, after going thirteen and four, could go four and thirteen and be in that position wow. where, like, remember, wild how down Cousins could cousins, get old. Cousins will not be back with Minnesota next year, by all accounts. So they do need a quarterback. They, how are they, they would get not. That? They would not be displeased if Kirk Cousins threw more of those. Oh no! Passes, you know, to the other team. I don't this know. Year. I, I think they'd probably rather make the playoffs. I don't know. I, I, I don't think human be here's the thing. We th- say these things and then we don't think about it for six months. They got every day they're going in, lifting weights, they're hitting, they're shooting themselves up with Demerol or whatever it is, mm-hmm. allegedly. And they care, right? So I, I, I think maybe the owner could sit and think that way. I don't And think- also I think with cousins, it's I don't think it's gonna be a situation where he's replaced because of his play. Mm-hmm. I think that he could be he could just retire. No, 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 no. He's not retiring. He's making way too much yeah, money. Yeah. He's going to make a ton. He's going to be 36. And he's going to make another, like, uh, it'll make $40 million And I do like O'Connell a lot. A lot. Well, remember now, this is a very smart front office, Minnesota's. But they're forward thinking. They're very analytically driven. I don't know. And I don't even care. We're kind of speculating on what Minnesota does down the road. They're going to try hard this game. Tampa's going to try hard. And I think, this, for me, the bowl situation in week one, he gets him ready. You know he's coaching to ever be a head coach again. Bowls cannot be a head coach if he gets fired mm-hmm. here. I mean, you, you wouldn't think. And the, you can imagine my surprise when I saw a guy that mediocre as a, co- or as a head coach having a number like that in week one. That's what I love. Best bet on Tampa. Scott's best bet the other way on Minnesota. The line is six. Fez also with a one weight. And I'll predict the line closes five. The money will come. I like that. Let's hope it does. Fez is great on those line uh, move predictions. AJ's best bet is last. There you go. Oh. Uh, Green Bay Packers plus one will be my best bet. I like the Packers generally, but I got Chicago. This is my three-weight Packers. Ooh. So, uh, first of all, Matt LaFleur, 13-4 and is a dog, which I like. And I get it's plus one, but... The the fact that the Packers are dogs Matt here. Matt Lafleur is thirteen and four as a dog. Yes. How's he doing week one? Uh, I mean, you've got the numbers for it. Uh, you want to hear it? I'd love to hear it. All right. So Matt Lafleur in week one, who does exceptionally well the other weeks. Who are we kidding, right? I mean, his record's been. I mean, last year wasn't great, but Lafleur had. Um, what? Oh, here we go. Matt Lafleur. Oh, he is. Uh, his ATS margin is eight minus eight points in four years. So he's 30. Go ahead. I'd like to object, object, object to this Matt LaFleur uh, yeah. week one stat. Okay. Aaron Rodgers never plays in the preseason. Never did with Matt LaFleur mm-hmm. and the Packers. Mm-hmm. And we have these trends on quarterbacks that don't play in the preseason and their poor productions in week one. Jordan Love played in the preseason this year. I think it's a much different case going into week one this year than LaFleur going into week one in the past couple of years with Aaron Rodgers. I think that's an excellent point. I, I think it's a, it's a, a, a tiny point. Mm. Uh, how much is the week one worth? Overruled. Yeah. No, 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 no. How much is, how much is week one worth? Well, who, me overruling you? Yeah, you yeah, oh, no. <laughs> like my objection was, was overruled. Mr. Gambini, no, no, that was no. a lucid <laughs> objection. I thought it was a good point, but how many points is it worth? It's a good point, but it's one point, maybe. <laughs> right? So if it's by eight, you've got to say, okay, give right. it. Because here's All the right. thing. I, you know what I always say to that, Fez? Well, did you, did you take the rubber band off last when Rodgers didn't play well, last? Well, every year it gets smarter. 
Okay, but <laughs> is, is any was your best bet one of these situations where the other team didn't play their quarterback? No. So it's not this dominating force. It's worth yeah. what? What do you think? A point? These teams have underperformed against you know by five points you know, you've in the got offense. That good analysis so. that uh, that Clev, Clev. did. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that now and then we let AJ finish and and again. I like this, but we got to always get it back to the guy who's, you know, doing his pick. His uh, losing. I mean, his, well, again, the champion, the champion. Thank you. So since uh, 2016, 27 quarterbacks did not take a snap in the preseason, excluding the 2020 COVID year. Now that's not counting this year's quarterbacks. That's not counting this year's quarterbacks because this is stats based on week one. So those quarterbacks accounted for an average of 19.5 points per game and a success rate of 46.9% in week one. That's compared to 24.5 points per game and a 48.2% success rate in all other games that season. Only 33%... Counselor, counselor apparently uh, Clev sent us a... Uh, he heard us talking about it, and he sent us a message. So Mackenzie has, uh, I, I think, maybe a clarification. Go ahead. Yeah, and he said, for what it's worth, of the 27 QBs, 11 had either a new team or a new system. So, like, Goff had a new OC, but it didn't count because he already had McVay. That's really where it hit home. Those teams with a new system, no preseason, 17 and a half points per game, two and nine to their team total. Okay, so let's uh, we got the we got the overarching master numbers. Let's just back it out and see what it is when it's not. So th- this is what I see a lot is there's these two kind of related factors that compound each other. Green dot, new DC, that yes. kind of thing. And and this I like more because now we're getting to the heart. If I got a new team and I didn't play at all, that's where it's going to really hit home. Is what he's is what he's saying. You know, it's interesting too. It's like we don't want to just be a slave to did you play in preseason because like. Aaron Rodgers played a drive, right? So he would kind of apply to this. Like, he really didn't play much in preseason. How good is he going to be for the Jets, you know, his first game? So real quick, I, I want to give this fellow – you want to hear something funny, Fez. Remember when we were in the Super Contest um, gold and we were tied for first with two weeks ago, as we know, um, a couple years ago. Uh, I've I've known this Clev T.A. Um, not like buddy-buddy, but we've interacted for years mm. – and I've always liked his stuff. And I was reaching out to everyone that week before. Yeah. And we had about a good half-hour phone conversation. He was very nice, very uh, you know friendly. And his uh, and he's got good stuff. It's uh, Clev, C-L-E-V, then T-A. And that's uh, – I think he's out of Cleveland, if I remember correctly. That's what the, the Clev comes from. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Mackenzie, you're going to do that math for us, and then we'll uh, have AJ finish, and then we'll get the exact numbers and see how it all fits in? Yeah, I'll do that right now. All right. All right, back to the uh, the. I'll I'll start on the Bears. The Bears, uh, like we can first say that I think the Packers are better than the Bears. Do we all agree that just in, on a neutral, the Packers are better than? Well, the Bears? I mean, the win total is Id- almost identical. It's identical. Right? And and didn't we all like Bears under win total? No, I agree. I think Green Bay is slightly better. Okay, and right or now maybe even more than maybe upwards of a point and a half better. That's and, what I have exactly. Okay, and right now the Bears are not close to full strength. Their offensive line is in shambles to start this season. And it was last year too. Uh you know, they they but they had three practices, three days this entire offseason with their starting offensive line. 
But how's the health right now? It's a, it's a disaster. So, so you're going to give us information? That's what I'm doing. Uh, they signed Nate Davis to play guard. He skipped voluntary workouts no, and well, then got injured. What are about right now? What is the current situation? Nate I'm, Davis injured right now. Right. Uh, Darnell White has missed most of the preseason with an injury. He's questionable for this game. Right. Uh, Tevin Jenkins is on the IR to start the season. Doug Kramer, the starting center, so on I, the IR. So these guys are all – so they have five or six starting – I think there's only five starting linemen. There, there is. Can't be, there can't be five or six that are hurt. There's five or six that are at least banged up, and they and they and Cody Whitehair, the, the guy in the, the the center can't snap the ball because his yeah. fingers hurt, so they had to move him and they had to put a new guy in at center. They put Cody Whitehair to center, hmm. so he could it, because the Kramer went on the IR, and then he hurt his hand. He can't snap the ball, so they had to move him back to guard and start putting another center out. I wonder there. why the why Green Bay is or, or why Chicago is, is a pick 'em game when if you actually look at it. The win total says, I mean, wouldn't you agree, Fez, if you didn't know anything about this, you said win total said they're identical. Chicago Th- minus this two. This team's at home, and they're only laying one. That means there's something that they must be, you know, it, it feels like that like, it, it's close enough that, that wouldn't Green Bay be favored if this is such a disaster? I mean, it's, it feels like that either the market doesn't get it. It's because Green Bay's got their own problems with their wide receiver cluster injuries. So if that hadn't happened, it, this would have flipped and Green Bay would have become favored. But now we're getting jelly in the belly betting Green Bay because I got Jordan Love and his weapons may not be healthy to be able to play. Yeah. See, I, I think in general, cluster— And the total's it, dropping, too. That's why. Both teams' problems with offense, so it makes sense that this total went from 44 down to 43. Yeah, and 44 is a key number, maybe the key number at the current level the NFL scores at. Because 37 almost never exactly. gets dealt 42 anymore. now on the board. 42. So— the total over pessimism about both offenses. So AJ, I typically agree with you, and I probably agree in the narrow sense. This, uh, though I'm not as up on the O line injuries as you are, that cluster injuries on the O line is a real problem. I agree with you 100. percent So is there a way to like because you're you're getting obviously you're an advocate right now. You're, you're sure not, you're not trying, but my, you this is my best bet. But you shouldn't be. You should be trying to get the facts out there. So take a minute and help me understand who these like who were the five star who were projected to be starters. At the beginning of camp, I don't know about pre C or I'm sorry, mini camp or I'm saying beginning of training camp. I think McKenzie might have this because we oh. did this last week. Am I right, McKenzie? Yeah, I got it. And okay. There's there's only one guy that's not scheduled to play. Tevin Jenkins, who was put on season-ending IR, he was supposed to be a starter. All right. So there's a guy Jenkins that's out for the season that was supposed to be a starter. Oh, he's on out for four games. Okay, he's on the IR. Oh, I thought yeah, he yeah. said season-ending. Okay. I four, thought I heard that too. All right. So four games. And you're saying if if the questionables play, which they do at a high rate, t- right? Typically, um, that that's the only one that's missing from yes. the start. But they won't be healthy, and they had to and they juggle. Or, they had to juggle the O line, and they haven't practiced. Mm-hmm. So it's going to hit home the most this week. Okay. See, I mean, all the talk about the preseason can't. I mean, a lot of that. We got one starter out. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm feeling one all right. starter confirmed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one. There's multiple questions. They are questions. They had guys they who didn't practice today, and it's, yeah. it's Wednesday, and Wednesday practice doesn't mean much, but probably means a lot when they've got all these reconfigurations. It would have helped to practice. Hmm. So, did you have a pick on this? I was. It, gonna, seems, it seems like you were feeling strong. I was going to go with Green Bay, and then I saw the, the the wide receiver stuff, and I said I don't want any part of either team. So what what. 
AJ hasn't gotten around to that part. What's going on with the wide receivers? Wide receivers are banged up. Christian Watson banged up. Uh, what does this mean, banged up? Is he questionable? He, he didn't practice today also, or was limited in practice today, Christian Watson. I'm, I apologize. But, but that's where it also comes down to one of these teams has an above-average defense and one has one of the worst defenses in the league. So if I if I was looking at a team, if both teams are banged up on offense, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean to the team that is is still solid on one side of the ball. The best unit on the field of the four units, I think, is the Packers defense in this game. And that I agree with. And and just going to like I know you'll say Aaron Rodgers, but the last 25 games, 22 and three, eight straight wins. Like the Packers own the Bears, they own them. But don't you see that that's a negative in this spot? That when you're favored now, when's the last time the Bears have been favored against Green Bay? When you're favored and you have a chance to finally beat the bully, that that again, I, they would have liked it to be Aaron Rodgers. But I promise you, let's just say this: Chicago was a three-point favorite in 2019. They lost ten to three. Okay, and how about before? How many times have they been favored in the last? You know, to, going back the last four years, the other seven times Green Bay was favored. Right, I went and, back and I'm four guessing years. probably pretty much every time, except maybe the Super Bowl year. Mm-hmm. This is the fourth play? time the Bears have been favored since 2008 versus mm-hmm. the Packers. So this is a situation where they are like, we got a chance. And I would make the following point. If the offenses break down on both sides, because as much as we're talking about the cohesion that's necessary with the linemen, maybe this first-time starter and his wide receivers should have some cohesion if sure. someone's out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, all, it does seem like the the, the under makes I'm a gonna, lot of I'm, sense. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, or at least it's moving that way for a logical I, reason. I'm going to take a gander at the under. Uh, just the, the game's in Chicago, and I, I, I but, lived in Chicago. And, but my last point was going to be, and then I want to – the point I was trying to make right there, I'm sorry, is if it is a broken-down offense on both sides kind of – well, who's got the best player that can be a one-man gang? Maybe two or three plays only, but Fields feels like the kind of guy you want in a sloppy game like that, right? Mm. So that's a thought, but go ahead. And when I when I would watch this game on TV, I was always marveled at how many Green Bay fans are in Chicago. Mm. All right, they they It seems like a third of the stadium, at least, is Green Bay fans. That could explain why they do so well in Chicago. Well, during the COVID year, Green Bay was— is that, is that what you think explains it, Fez? Could be the how many of the game? Let me ask you how many. So home field to you is worth a point and a half in division. Yeah. Okay. So what percentage do you think having? Let's say if they had the typical fifteen percent of the other fans, and now let's say it's thirty-five. Very limited. Okay. All a, right. A tenth of a point. Yeah. Maybe the grass field playing outside, like they do play outside in Green Bay, a lot better than playing in the dome in Minnesota or the dome of Detroit. Okay. Okay. But Pot- potentially, I'll just give you the scores here. So Green Bay was lane four what in the do, COVID year. What are we doing? We're going back in history. Well, it, recently, it like me, one time he you had the handicap. I, I I'm going to go under on the Browns. The Browns. The, la- the last the last four years in Chicago, Green Bay on average has been lane two and a half, and they've won by eleven and a quarter points. So okay. it is it is a big against the spread margin. Well, yeah, but do, do you th- is there any difference you think between now and then? Well, yeah, 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 a little if bit. Rogers, Hall of Fame quarterback if, if versus Rogers were on Jordan this team Love. from 2018. I would probably take the one. I would. I take Green Bay plus well, one. Well, the Bears' offense. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers plays defense. Have scored three, 16, 14, and nineteen at home. So they've never gotten to twenty at home against this Green Bay defense the last four. Well, years. and the and the Packers. You talked about if, if there's a one man gang. I think the Packers' running ability could be the one-man gang. 378 yards they, they ran in the two games last season. So almost 200 yards a game. 
the the Packers ran for in well, those games. Listen, I didn't realize that if we went to last year's box scores, we could figure out these games. I think that <laughs> I think that there's a point there, but let's be honest, Chicago replaced what? Five or six defensive player. I mean, they had a really bad. Yep. They, they were selling off for parts. I don't listen. I don't like the Bears. I like the Bears under. I like the Bears in this game because I think Green Bay has a real problem when you combine the receivers being banged up with a new starting quarterback that can't. I'm optimistic about him, but the first games, as we know, mm-hmm. is a time of rookies. Now, listen, he's not a rookie, mm-hmm. so that helps a little bit. But I do think Chicago is going to be max motivated. I think Fields is the right guy to have in a broken kind of game like this. And lastly, and most importantly, even with Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay is horrible in week one under LaFleur. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that. And I know it's just one sample size, but Chicago beat San Francisco in week one. Right? Am I, is that yep. it was week one? Bermuda right? grass monsoon, yeah. Yeah. So, again, I'm saying that, that – that, I don't. I didn't mention that till now. But they won. They covered the spread by like fourteen points. So we yes. got one proven good first week performer versus a proven not. Those you, you guys Lance are on up. Op- by the way, I, I you, you guys are on opposite sides. But I think we do all. If we're going to bet the total, we would look under. Right. I yes. wouldn't because it's moved down. I, I wouldn't play over, but I'm not playing it after it's moved a couple uh, of points. Are you? Um. I yes. With all the negativity on both offenses, yes. Okay. Well, then why? Do, but when? When? I guess only the Green Bay. I just found out about the Green Bay news like literally two hours ago. Yeah, but I yeah. think that only was today, right? Yeah. We, okay. Yeah. So again, listen. Here's the point. The best I could be right. The best is they should be laying three plus a hundred. That's the best it could be, and I don't think it's that. Right? I think it's two and a half minus ten, maybe. Right? I guess that's the same thing. All right. <laughs> okay. And the best it could be for you is Green Bay should be two or whatever. Yeah. So, like, there shouldn't be indignation. There shouldn't be. Well, it's pretty strong. And um, I can just present my thoughts. You guys present yours. And it's probably in that corridor somewhere. And the fact that Fez, it seems like you lean with him on this one. I, I, I do, but. I think a lot of that's because I'm forecasting Green Bay is going to become the favorite, and then I anticipate I'll but probably you do realize you're putting the, like in a I way know. you're saying <laughs> you're saying you know I had a dream that I was wearing a tuxedo I must I'm going to win an Oscar it's like winning an Oscar is about doing great work right or in theory not so it's like the line moves because you're on the right side right most of the time and if it moves because you're not on the right side it's a it's an irrelevant mm. move right. Like if you if you move the line, I like think Green Bay is going to close minus one. Let me ask you a question: When you put a, a prop out, yeah, what does it do to the line? The line moves immediately. Okay, did did that become a better pick? No, it's just I've got people following me that are blitzing exactly. in bets. All right, so my point is. That's a great example of where if you know that the line move doesn't tell you anything more about the pick. But the if fact it closes, you're on it, the fact you're on it tells you a good thing. Well, that's if it, the, but if it yeah. closes with the line move without any buyback, then it is a good pick. If it's for the right reason. Yeah. Now, in a market as liquid as NFL sides, there's rarely going to be wrong reasons. Sometimes, but rarely. Mm-hmm. In smaller markets, there's a lot of wrong reasons. Right? We know that much. Sure. Right? All right. So. That is, wow, the idea that I think it's going to close this, thus I think this is the right side. What what makes you think that it's going to close that? Like, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm trying to understand what makes you think. I, I talk to professional bettors, and they, they've all said, you know, oh, it, as long as Green Bay's catching points, I'm teasing them and I'm betting them. 
I think you would do so much better. You would do so much. Well, why hasn't it moved then? It, it has moved. I mean, what I'm saying is it's, it's, it's sitting there at one. They're catching points right now. Well, it was two. Then it was one and a half. It's just that money keeps matriculating in. And then the, 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 now the people are scared with the Green Bay injuries of the wide receivers. They're like, oh, God, Jordan Love might be out there with, like, two crippled guys. So what we're saying is this. The line was uh, green or uh, Chicago two. Mm-hmm. And Green Bay. Two and a half even. Two and summer. a half. And Green Bay didn't have any known wide receiver problems. Yeah. And it sounds like in general, the line, we knew this Jenkins was out. You know, it wasn't a big surprise. So the line's pretty much where it was, meaning it's not perfect. It's banged up, but it was where it was. So no change there. There was a major negative on Green Bay, and they're getting one less point than they were. This seems to be a perfect spot for me to jump in. Like, literally, the market was sitting there saying two and a half is fine for a little while, or more than a little. Mm -hmm. And... Now what's happened is it's gone a point and a half towards me, my advantage, and Green Bay has two major problems. That just, that just hit. That the, just and hit. another one of these guys moves the needle. So it's, well, well, that's not true. You're saying the Green Bay, having both the receivers be banged I, I up doesn't move the needle? No, I said neither one. One of those guys. They're both oh, having okay. a problem. Moves the needle. Exactly. I think yeah. one of them moves it, too. Boy, I don't think so. I don't think any of these guys are going to make the top 66 guys that move the spread a half. You know, well, But it's all game-specific. Yeah, well, that mean, I agree with. I mean, what I'm saying is if, if that's the only – who's the other playmakers on Green Bay? They can run the ball some, yeah. you know, but who's the playmakers? Right? These guys. Yeah. I mean, what's the re- – are these the top two receivers? Yeah. Yeah, the one guy had the drops, right? But they think he's really... That's Romeo Watt. Dubs. Oh, yeah, but they're saying he looks like a monster. Yeah, but Christian, Christian Watson's the number one guy. He's, so he's, these are yeah. the two top... I mean, So, so if Christian Watson is out and the other guy's 100%, does that move the, does that move the line half? I think it's got to be a half, yeah. yeah I, think right. any, I think any... Any number one wide receiver? Probably half. I think if you don't probably have... Right. I think a number two if you don't have good backup. Like, yeah. if you've got a good third and you can move everyone up, it's fine. I mean, look at Kansas City. Do you think if they had the the cheetah, you would be looking at Kelsey moving the line no like No way he moves it over a point. He it, moves it three quarters of a point. Though. It's like you go from having playmakers to not having yes. playmakers. I think if if these guys are banged up, it could get there. That's why if Justin Jefferson goes out for the Vikings, you know, that yeah. dude is worth more than anybody else because, you know, they're, they're uh, so compromised. Ain't on quarterback. Yeah. 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 So, so real quick, do you see what I'm saying, Fez, where it was two and a half. Now it's one, and now I've got more good news on my You're side. You're getting an extra point and a half, and now the latest news, which isn't been baked, it isn't getting baked in because it, because like news like this doesn't. It, it's not like immediate. It's not like a, when a quarterback's out, boom, the line moves five points. Well, it's also Wednesday. If they find out that they didn't practice on Thursday, this line's going to move. Yeah, I think so, mm-hmm. and I also think that. Like we said with the O-linemen, even if they're 100 play, they might be. I would say this. O-linemen, typically, they tape stuff up. If they can play, they're not usually as hindered as receivers who every tenth of a second matter. Like, the difference That's a good between, point. I mean, so, I don't know. You know, they, there's been some um, uh, fantasy sites that have done good studies on at each position if you're questionable the impact on your performance. The impact. Yeah. So that's one I, I'm going to try to get more involved in. But, but yeah, I it think— It sure seems like if you did nothing but faded skill position players that were on the injury report that chose to play, you do great. You, you're and, saying in props. Yes. Gurley being like the poster child for this. Yeah. And, and, and the funny thing is they went further than saying just position. They'll say what— in, 
what injury it is. Like a tight end, if he has a shoulder problem, is maybe not a problem. But if he's got a knee, that's pretty amazing stuff there. So Closing thought? That's it. All right. So a, a strong disagreement. And uh, so against Laverne and Shirley. No, we won't say that. Hey. I like that, though. I'm going to get that theme song to play it when you guys are in sync. I like Shirley a lot better. Oh, because Laverne scared you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's what was it. Shirley 1 to 10, Fez? We're not doing that <laughs> no, anymore. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say, to the 14-year-old Fez? <laughs> now it's four-star time. Fez. We're going to go to the Battle of Ohio, Ooh. and we're going to take the Cleveland Browns. Catching two and a half points, you know. That happens to be my four star also. I, my three star. I look as oh, I look at this as the ultimate free roll. If Burrow with his calf is a hundred percent, I can see the Bengals being laying two and a half. But um, you know, I go back to last year, had that appendicitis, just wasn't right to start the season. And so now he's got another injury, hasn't played at all in preseason. Watson has, so advantage Cleveland. You've got a Bengal team that's, um, in terms of power ratings, yeah, I got them better. Well, I'm that much better. Where do I got these guys? So I got uh, Cincinnati, four, rated four points better than the average team, and I've got Cleveland one point better. So that's that means on a neutral, it's three. That means Cleveland should be catching one and a half, both teams at full strength. Maybe the Bengals will be at full strength by week five, but with the issues with Burrow um, and not having played all in preseason, not having gotten very much practice, I, I think absolutely Cleveland is the um, the value player, and I also go back, harken back to the Halloween night where you know Cleveland absolutely they know they can compete with the Bengals, and they absolutely thumped them last year. I'm on the Browns plus the two and a half. Yeah, the Bengals were three point favorites on Halloween in Cleveland. So remember, so so um, a couple of things. One, that was Cincinnati's only game they lost by more than a field goal, I think, last yep. year, and um, Chase. Uh, was out that game. Remember that was when when Chase was out. So you know that for whatever that's worth. Um, are you worried about the fact that by most accounts Watson didn't look as good in the preseason as they had hoped? Of course, I would prefer he looked better. And you know, part of this is like I've got six bad games for Watson. You know, well, you got some disappointing preseason games. Yeah, I mean, it's a factor. I am worried about that, and. Probably that's why the market isn't embracing Cleveland as a live dog here. I tell you this, though. I love – we go back to – I got a divisional dog that my power rating says has value in week one. I have to play it. Yeah, and then we got – remember, the divisional dogs are not created equal. We've got a home dog, and that is, since 2012, 15-2 against the spread. 15-2, almost nine points of value per game against the spread. So – I mean that's a monster, and no, it, it, almost certainly it won't continue that way. Exactly fifteen, but it's pretty strong. Since what year? Uh, two thousand twelve. Since two thousand nine, you go back a little even further. Twenty one and four. Okay, ATS. so it picks up a six and two from there. That's yeah. strong. Okay, so Fez, I mean, there's some dynamic about week one I don't fully understand. But I, I think because part of me would think if you don't know if you know a team so well, why does the extra practice time matter? Mm-hmm. You know, I just have an idea. Mackenzie, check something. If you play a division game in week one and a non-division game in week two, I'm betting that you do better. 
because I'm thinking they take some of that practice time for that team and to look know ahead really well to week and two. look ahead. Mm. You check that for me? Yep, checking it. All right. What do you think? You think I think that's going to be pretty good? Yeah, that that makes sense. That um, you know, so sometimes there's well, you, you mentioned this in Wall Street that, that there's certain like algorithms don't make any sense. Like the price of oil goes up when the price of corn goes down, and it's just like I guess maybe that might make sense. Um, but the, <laughs> yes, bad example when. Um, what, don't overthink it. Fifteen and two is just too strong to to go against. Uh, struck out on this one, it looks like. So yeah, it's just a coin flip. I would have thought that, but maybe that's reinforces the point that these division games, even though they're familiar, they get extra engaged they with matter them. more. And thus the the dogs. Whenever you have more time, you know you see this in college football bowls. It helps the dog, no doubt, right? Because it's X. You get more time for X's and O's. And thus, it, the Jimmy and the Joes, as they say, don't matter as much, uh, though they still matter. Kevin okay. Stefanski, though, not great in week in week one. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that. It, 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 but it's it's you know something. It was the thing that kept me from. Um, it probably would have been my five otherwise. He's down six points per game in week one uh, against the spread in week one. He is two and one. Yeah, but still, you got to take the ATS margin. No doubt. But no, no, it's a good point. Okay. Um. I think Fez is right about the Cincy free roll. I also think that if you listen to Cincinnati's camp, they were so excited about Burrow having a full um, preseason. A full training camp for the first time. Yeah. yeah. So when, like literally the days before, it was like, oh, my gosh, we're so excited. Finally. He's yeah. Gonna, yeah. So no. I think that's demoralizing. And I think number two, what makes Big Lou the defensive coordinator – What's Amarillo? Anarumo. Yep. Amarumo. Anarumo. Anarumo. Okay, that's we're gonna go with that. Or we call him <laughs> Big Lou. Is Big Lou is great at doing creating a different game plan for every game. This is what Belichick does. It's not like we got our system. Yeah, they're gonna stay within certain parameters, but they're gonna change up. Remember when they beat Mahomes to go to the Super Bowl. Two years ago, they dropped eight, like the whole second half. They hadn't done it the whole year. They had it ready to spring on them mm. in the second half. But what do you need to make those kind of changes? Very intelligent, very experienced safeties. And what Cincinnati lost last this offseason was the both starting safeties gone. You know, it's a great point. So I, you know, and this is something that the X's and O's guys have been talking about a ton. And I think it sounds right to me. So I think it's whatever since he does early, I think this team is going to be so much better, even in six weeks, because those safeties get some time to get acclimated. And obviously Burrow, because he missed that time, uh, you know, so even if he's 100% healthy, they missed a lot of throwing. No right? doubt. So I, I think we got a lot of value here. And again, what drives it is that home underdog in week one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was my force two, four also. So we'll skip to it and go to AJ. Uh, my my yeah. four is the Indianapolis Colts. Ooh, so plus a home, five. A home dog. Plus five at Jacksonville. And Jacksonville has lost eight of their nine last nine trips to Indianapolis. 2017 was the last time they won a game in Indy. And the Jags have been nothing but pumped up this offseason. Everybody's saying the Jags are going to win the division. They're running away with the AFC South. This is still a 9-8 and eight team from last year. It took them winning the f- last five games of the season to get to 9-8 and eight and make well, the playoffs. And, and the, fair, the fair balancing act here is 
how much does it matter that so many of those wins came in the second half? Because I think in general, I, I would prefer that. Well, there's a trend for mm-hmm. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson-led teams where he is almost always better in the second half than the first half. Doug Peterson, 44% ATS in September, October, and November, 62% from December on. Now that's a strong trend. Um, I mean, it's doubly strong towards the positive side, but that's a pretty strong trend. Week one, I'll look, at nothing jumped out at me. Let's take a gander here. Um, go go ahead, and I'll let you know when I see. And then the Jags' offensive line, which was already bad a year ago, now they're not going to have Cam Robinson due to the suspension. I'm not a, an Anthony Richardson buyer. I think he's going to struggle this year, but I think the time he's going to be most effective is when there's no film on him. Jacksonville struggled with running quarterbacks last year, too. Lamar had 90 yards. Daniel Jones had 110 yards rushing on them. Okay, I like that, too. So, um, so, so, so they lose their right tackle, and their left tackle is suspended for four games. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I liked his point about trouble with running quarterbacks. By the way, Peterson six uh, opening games. He's actually plus one point one and a half points per game ATS, but modest. But go ahead. But uh, yeah, I, I just think as a home dog here, a, a team that's dominated this series at home, I, I think you're paying a premium on the Jazz. I got to be honest with you. I I've just put them on my serious consider list. Yeah, I think it's a I think yeah, it's a strong handicap. You know, and also I I can't help Thank but you. think you know the, the Colts. Maybe we're getting some value right there because they had such bad coaching for the Colts, you know, last year mm-hmm. that um, that uh, they're, what they're is underlying. Your, what does your power rating say? Because we don't have to guess if we're getting value. Exactly. Let's just take a look. So we look at Indy, and I have them at minus four. We look at Jacksonville one on a neutral. It's five, and we're getting the home team catching five. So we're getting a point and a half of value on my okay. power rating. Okay. So would you say you're down on Jacksonville relative to the market, or? Uh, a little bit. But it's hard to say because Jacksonville's got a, a season win number of nine and a half, but that's because their schedule's easy. So that's maybe not. You know, my, Most of my power ratings are pretty much in line week one compared to the marketplace. I got to tell you, if I was redoing my picks, I think this would be maybe... I, I like my one too, but it's in the consideration. I wish I had used this one instead of one of the ones I used. I'd like mm-hmm. to give a pick on this game. So, by the way, this is a lot better than that Green Bay pick. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'd like to give a pick on this game, and that's the Colts plus three and a half in the first half. Okay. Uh, since Trevor Lawrence came into the league, he ranks 84th out of 85 quarterbacks covering the first half spread. Mm. He's the second worst quarterback in the first half covering the spread, 14 and 22. In the first half spread. We had Urban Meyer. We we got that nice plus three and a half. And I like the plus three and a half in the first half. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. And if there was any, you know, I don't like rookie quarterbacks, and I'll talk about that when I get to my four-star pick. But I could see adjustments being made at halftime favoring the Jaguars. And he's making a good—remember, his point is— if if the Colts offense is going to be strong, the element of surprise might be a big part of it. In the first half, yeah. Yeah. So, Fez, I mean, just mechanically, three and a half in the first half is better. I mean, the catch-22 is you don't – if you're right with your handicap, you only have half as much time for it to exert the truth of it. Yeah, right? and this is a really strong point. So what, what RJ is saying is ideally, if you've got a missed power-rated team, what, where do, how do you want to bet it season win? Because it's going to it's gonna show up over a 17-game season, and the sh- more you you're shorten it – You're affecting the sample size. Yeah, so you so if you, if you have a, a stone-cold nuts right – I'll use an example – Florida State was way better um, than LSU, and they're clearly the right side. But if you bet them in the first half, you lost. 
because you had a smaller sample size, just got and it, it played out that way. So if you if you're certain that you have a really big edge, you want to play game, not first half. But if you just I, have I think a, it's the other way. I think unless you clearly think you have an edge going less time, go with more time. Exactly. Yeah, I, I was trying to say that. But but in this case, getting that nice fat hook on a three, boy, that's that's juicy. I think you made a good point bringing up the LSU Florida State game because one of the problems with LSU was they didn't have offensive line depth. And by the end of the game, their guys were huffing and puffing, and Florida State was rotating in D linemen. Mm-hmm. And what did we just talk about? Jacksonville's without their two starting tackles. So they're not uh-huh. going to have a lot of offensive line depth. I, I, I'll stick with the full game here. I, I, well, I, I, I agree with your point, Scott. I, I just think that over the full game, when that offensive line starts to wear down, I, I think that's when we could see things really start to melt for Jacksonville. Well, but let's be clear here. Offensive line doesn't ever have replaced. I mean, like offensive linemen usually play every snap of the game. So I guess my question is with inj- being thin. Now, if there's another injury, yeah. But but otherwise, where would the fatigue? Why would they be any more tired than any other starting O line? I mean, it might not be as good. Yeah, well, right. But but it's not about fatigue. I'm, I'm just thinking that a lesser lesser players as they get fatigued, the drop off would be more. But I just don't, I mean. In general, they don't rotate line, and you agree with that, yeah. right? But okay, uh, but maybe. But see, offenses seem to do better at the end of the game, so I'm not sure I'm, because they just have to stand there and block, and the defense yeah, have I'm to saying. use all yeah. their energy yeah. to get around those those dinosaurs. No, but I agree with. I mean, but again, if you ha- if the next lineman up is a pro, like to me, we've talked about this. Uh, quickly, we can again. Uh, a team that has five good starting linemen versus a team that has a sixth that can be a swing, a swing tackle. Guy, yeah. You're mostly going to have at least what half the games a year one of your linemen's out. If that's a disaster, you have a problem, mm-hmm. right? Now, if you're two linemen in, now if you lose one more during the game, you're in big disaster. trouble. And if you go the whole game, you you know, to me, I like. The three and a half, and I like the rationale enough to think, because, again, Trevor Lawrence starting slow mm-hmm. seems to be the case. We can check the EPA on that. And it doesn't have to be either or. We can play both. That's what I was saying. I would I would probably split my bet yeah. on it. So, okay, that's the four, and we are moving through these faster because we spend more time on our best bet. You got your four, Scott. Yeah, and I'm going to fade a rookie quarterback, and I'm going to go with the Falcons, even though I don't like the three and a half, but I, I, I think I'm comfortable laying it here against the Panthers. Do you remember the last time a number one overall pick won their first start? It was David Carr in 2002. And that didn't turn out too well. In the last 30 years, going back to Drew Bledsoe in 1993, 11 top overall picks have started the opening game their rookie year. Those quarterbacks are combined 1-9-1. and one. David Carr in 2002, the only win. And Kyler Murray had a tie against the Lions in 2019. Those 11 quarterbacks... 16 touchdowns, 22 interceptions in those games, a 64 passer rating, and they were sacked 36 times. I so, have re- so what do we speculate there? Do we speculate that it's because they are number one, there's a lot of pressure? A lot of pressure, and it's just hard being a rookie starting quarterback in the NFL. But that, 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 but that wouldn't a number one be better suited for that? See, I think it's pressure. I mean, I sure. you are number one, right? I That's a so. big deal. The team just – was horrible to and get. maybe the opponents focus a little, have a little more uh, chip on their shoulder Welcome playing against the, the number one overall pick. Welcome to the NFL, especially young if man. it's division. Yeah, because they're going to be facing them twice a mm-hmm. year. Okay, I, I, yeah, that's why I was trying to think. Yeah, it, and there's a lot of there's a lot of hype on 
the the Falcons. We've talked about it for weeks now, how many people are on the Falcons this year. And, yes, a lot of it has to do with their schedule, but a lot of it has to do with the optimism with the skill position players that they have. Drafting Bijan Robinson in the first round, he is expected to be a top running back if all goes according to plan. They have weapons on the outside in London and their tight end Kyle Pitts. And Arthur Smith seems to really like Desmond Ritter. It's the reason why he went with him over Mariota, a guy who he even knew from his days in in Tennessee. So I got to go with the head coach that has his quarterback that he wants and this team uh, over the first overall pick. We're playing a divisional favorite. I understand. Okay. And, uh, goes, and, goes against those and, trends. And RJ told us we need to lay three two weeks ago before it goes to three and right, a half. So, so I like this at three, and one of my rationales was, and it was probably the driver for me, was Carolina looked bad in that preseason game. And I got and it looked like a problem, the O-line. They looked bad in all their preseason and, games. And, and, yeah, this was after the first one. And I would say that I've heard more people comment on, on Carolina's bad play than any other team, which I think is in a way, has been driving this number. Yes. And I think it probably keeps going. But the main thing I liked was Frank Reich had five different times he uh, had a first game. He's only covered once in those. Um, so he has not uh, you know, obviously been strong early. Mm-hmm. But then I found out, unfortunately, today that, that the um, – and uh, Arthur Smith. Yeah. Oh, he's uh, minus 13 points in two opening games. He's minus 13 ATS mm. per game. So I think we got two bad ones there. Three and a half. See, I'm thinking of getting off my. So, you know, just letting you guys know, anyone that followed me at three, if I can get. So if I play three and a half minus 110, I'm pretty much breaking even. The theory is it can fall three, but it's worth about 20 cents. I'm paying 20 cents. I right? think you have a profitable middle because the total's 39 and a half. Okay, so maybe because the lower the total, the more often it's going to fall on key numbers. But, uh, but we'll we'll be able to get three and a half yeah. reduced. I so, mean, so, that, so, I'm confident of that. So I'm gonna I'm looking to get off maybe three fourths of it. I still like I think a it. four probably pop up. Yeah, it's just not as much. Car- Carolina, did. one of their best defenders, may or may not play. Is Burn, happy? Yeah, Burns is a contract issue. Oh, he suited back up. He's, he was practicing. Oh, see, I heard he was. I heard, I heard he's he practicing, but he's on, not but playing. He wasn't actually oh. moved. Yeah. Like, so yeah. th- who knows with these? He participated in practice today. But what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. is what I was hearing someone talk about it specifically. He put his helmet on. He was moving around, but he wasn't doing any of the drills. It was like mm. you know, it was like he was visiting. It seemed like, but, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I don't understand. I'm this just here because I don't want to be fine. Yeah, I don't understand that sitting and stuff. And I don't even think they. He's on his first deal, so I'm not even sure if I'm not mistaken. So I don't think they get fined. Mm. I don't know. All right. So any other thoughts in this game, Fez? Nope. So Scott, now. I, you know, I hadn't considered the rookie first pick. Yeah, you know, I. That's strong information. Yeah. It's just to me. Maybe we only play back 50%. But here's the thing that worries me is at three and a half, what's changed? What's changed? <laughs> what's changed from when we laid three? That Carolina has been god awful in, in the, the three. preseason. All, not, not the first, well, but all three, three, pre- yeah, all yeah. three. All three. And I know the third game looked close, but in the first half, they've gotten a living. They just got their teeth kicked in. Yeah, but we let's be honest. You just saw that with your eyes. You don't have a data. You don't have your Excel with all your first half margins because it doesn't. It's not very predictive, right? If it was, I'd be paying more attention. Yeah, so, that's so right. I think it is predictive. If you got, I think with rookie QBs, if it looks like they can't get the snap, it's a problem, right? 
I think just like Houston when they had like first and goal from the one and that oh you know delay of game it's like it's oh my god no I think Houston's a downgrade too this year I just think we got to understand this will be a goal next year what is it that matters in the preseason because because mathematically not much does but we a lot of our impressions even subconsciously come Mm -hmm. from it sure. Maybe we should boycott the preseason. Well, I just know watching them play the Jets and watching Bryce Young get sacked on every play was telling. And yeah, no doubt the O line's yeah. an issue. Mm-hmm. Frank Reich is calling the plays. I think that is a problem. He's not, you know, that's not his thing at this point. I don't think. Well, he called the plays in Indy too. Um, yeah, and I don't think it's his thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's my point. Is he hasn't been? I mean, I don't. I think Indy's been a big circle jerk because 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 that GM has a lot of friends in the media. And it's like they were at a time when positional value meant so much. We finally is we're learning that they took guards and they took linebackers and running backs Mm. and no quarterbacks. So we don't need we don't want to take a shot. Maybe a six rounder, a guy with a bad lefty with a bad arm or whatever. Who'd they take? Uh, Sam Ellinger. They oh he played last year. It was like they were worried for his safety. Mm. All right, that's the fours. Even quicker in the threes, fast. Three, so we'll go to L.A., Miami at the Chargers. I'm on Miami plus three. Ooh, I considered this one. All right, so I get it. This line went up to three because Armstead is injured for um, Miami and Waddle, their number two wide receiver, is banged up also. Oblique. Oblique. Uh, But the bottom line is the line makes no sense to me from a power rating perspective. I had these two teams rated equally. There's both Their season win numbers, nine and a half. I have the Chargers with one. One for home field. I think that may be kind week one. Um, and this line's three. So there's just too much value for me not to take the Dolphins in what should be a very close game. That And that seems like all the Chargers play are close games. I'll take the Dolphins because I'm getting the three. Staley 2-0, ATS, only four points per game. So decent in game number one. If the Chargers have a lead at the half, you look to play Miami. Since Justin Herbert came into the league... He is an NFL worst, 721-2 against the second-half spread when leading at halftime. Ooh, he's, like a, he's a front-runner, and even then sometimes he gets caught, is what you're saying. Well, he yeah. did good in the playoff. No, no, you're mm. right, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> so maybe if you like the char- – so what you're saying is you like second-half. So we bet from, uh, one unit only on Miami – and then mm-hmm. we wait, and if Miami's down at half by a touchdown or more, boom, then we mm-hmm. take Miami Pickham second half. Overall, Herbert 15-31-4 in the second half. Say it one more time. Overall in the second half, leading or not leading, he's 15-31-4 ATS. He fades. That's what people when, – when your character isn't there. You're not a leader. Or vocal leader. I mean, not, how are you feeling about those stats? Those are some bad numbers. Those are bad numbers. Never heard that from Joe Montana. No. Yeah, Justin Herbert's not Joe Montana. No, he. You know, I actually Yet. thought of his comp. Comp, I got it. Yeah. He's a Chicago Bear former quarterback. You think he's Jay Cutler? Jay Cutler. That's crazy. Ooh. Think about that. Everyone just actually stopped for a second. Smoking and said, Jay Cutler. Now, now I see that. Right, right or wrong, you saw it just for it, a second. It's kind of, like right, it's, of it's right. It's right out of Moneyball. Yeah, like, sure, like yeah. you see the, the you see Cutler these, was better. Remember in Moneyball when they're like, he's got a, <laughs> he's got this beautiful swing. I love the way the the way he swings. They're like, can he hit? <laughs> hey, I, we'll see. We'll see. A lot of people, you know. I feel like I'm in Groundhog's Day because I'm hearing a lot of, I think this is the Chargers year. You're hearing a lot of love for the Chargers. They're going to do a um, a sequel to that. They're just going to put out the original and 
<laughs> and then go ahead and put it back to the theater. That's the first time I've ever seen Fez try to do a joke that was a little sophisticated. Yeah. That was that was unusual there. Is there no concern that the, the Dolphins couldn't move the ball at all against the Chargers last year and the Chargers were missing like three of their top five defenders? There is. A, so it was 23-17. Oh, my God. I've never seen a team that supposedly was so injured. Let's actually look at the injury mm-hmm. real quick. Derwin situation. James, Bryce Callahan, no, Sebastian Joseph, they all missed. I, I, I have no doubt that, that you have a list of names that you're going to read. Let's look at the numbers and say how much were they injured. Mackenzie, you got that? How much was the Chargers injured, or how much were they injured last year? While he looks that up, I I, I do want to add— This shouldn't be a big lookup. You got it? Well, I'm just filling the dead time. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's going on. Go the ahead. total on this game is 51. So the fact that, that when the Chargers were really injured and they, there was only 40 points in the game last year and week one's lower scoring, I think i got to play under 51 in this game. Okay, so they were unlucky last year by .6 games— Right, so I would say that is what is that? Maybe twelfth or fourth. So they're 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 a slightly out of the middle of the pack. Okay, All right. but I've heard more about the Chargers injuries than 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 any play because it's their skill position guys. So it's so key guys, it's always Keenan Allen that and this Williams is that are wait, out. This weights per player. This weights per their expected value by um, Pro Football uh, Reference. Yeah. Pro oh, and Reference. Herbert had the had the ribs. Where he was yeah. lucky to be alive, oh, right? Yeah, he he, but he he survived. He survived. He survived. But he only threw for three sixty-seven on the Dolphins, so he so might struggle. The point on Miami's deep, or let's give Staley credit. Staley was a uh, it was one year, but he was a really good defensive coordinator with the Rams. And the X's and O's guys talk a lot about how um, how innovative he is. That he's truly innovative. Now, we haven't seen that with the Chargers, so I don't know. Is it the head coaching duties or what? But he stepped up and came up with a real original. Oh, McKenzie was gone, so okay, that makes more sense. He comes up with a real original um, scheme against Miami, who had been running through the league, and that was a scheme that caused problems because people emulated it after. It caused some problems later even with two on the field. So I think the it's interesting that the first game of the year is against mm. the guy that kind of debunked what he was doing. I would say this is a high-variance game. I would say if Staley's got another trick up his sleeve, they could shut him way down. Or I think Miami might have, you know, whoever wins the next move, I think this maybe is a blowout. I would think about taking the money line if you take the dog fast. I mean, in real life. Mm, interesting. And you know, it's interesting you're saying it's a high-variance game, except if the Chargers get up big because then they always stink in the second half, right? Well, I like that. That's, and it's another reason why I like the over. Mm. That, well, oh, that's, that's, that's historic, right, what he's, mm-hmm. he's saying. I'm saying here, I think one of them – there's a chance it's going to be a stalemate kind of ta- uh, scheme-wise, but it feels like someone's well, going to win. Let me address a basic betting concept. Yeah. No one has ever spoken about this that I've ever read, but, it, but I'm going to say it, and you're going to say that makes sense. All right, Fed. When a line is two and a half to three, never play the money line in either direction. When a line is three to three and a half, never play the money line in either direction. The reason being – so if you're you, saying two and a half, three and three and a half, you don't play the if money. If the line's two point seven five or three point two five, you should never play the money line ever because the money line you're not going to get a rogue money line. It's going to get priced based upon that two point seven five spread. But you can lay more two. And a, you can yeah. lay two and a half. It's more shoppable. Or take three. You're basically playing at no vig. 
Because if, if the line's 3.25, you can lay three on Dallas, or you can take three and a half on the Giants. There's no reason to even look at the money line where everyone's going to deal about the same number. However, when it's a rock-solid three like this game, painted three, now is where, okay, I can't get any help on the spread by shopping. Let me move to the money line and see if I can get you know a rogue plus 145 on Miami. Okay, but here's my question. Let's say a place has um, two and a half minus 20. And the other place has three plus a hundred. Effectively, those are the same lines. So when we say it's shoppable, explain what you mean. Because there will be a place if I want the favorite, I can get the minus two and a half, lay a dollar ten, or take the plus three and lay a dollar ten. So you're saying you see just more variance in spreads around three? Yes. Okay. Okay. And the king here is the South Point, of course, which only deals two yeah, and a half and that's, three. Yeah, and that's a very unique situation. They have a, um, uh, I guess it's a company policy not to have money or VIG variations. So it's either minus two and a half, minus 110, or minus three, minus 110. Yes, but there are some other books that just say, ah, go to three and a half. What? You know, when, when the line's like 3.25. That, but they don't do it for no reason. Well, that's because someone laid three minus a dollar twenty, and they yeah. say, "Fine, we'll go to three and a half. But what you generally your answer here is, and it's it's a savvy point, is people tend to take stand like because in theory you could be at five and th- and be at five and a half and say that's shoppable, though well, that's not ten cents. But you know, so what you're saying is because maybe this is what it is because you can't really make a move without it being at least a ten cent move. I guess you could go to my, like Pinnacle does, my, but but in general, if you're sitting there at two and a half twenty, and you decide to go to three, you've just moved to ten cents effectively. Yeah, yeah, right? and and so, and so if thus you, you've got more shoppability. So if I you've mean, got a game lined at two or four, a lot of times I play the money line because it'll be a, the, the, mathematically it'll work out that I get the best money line playing it, playing it. But when you have a line right around three or seven, and no, just shopping around the key number and knowing the math is the better way to go in general. All right, so you're throwing in seven there. So it's it's a similar concept. Those seven's worth, I don't know, eleven or twelve cents. Would you say? Yeah. And but you do have might only be worth ten now with the. I think it's worth. See that? uh, That's the team's going for the two with down eight. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting point. There was a whole year that seven fell more than three. Like I saw that. Yeah. All right. So we got our pick. Uh, Let's repeat it. Pick is Miami Dolphins plus three. Okay. Three weight. And do you like the first half, this idea of the second half and all that, you're going to keep your eye on it? I'll keep my eye on it. I think Scott's numbers are really strong. That If, if Miami gets down double digits, certainly I'll, I'll take a shot with Miami second half. All right, next up, three-star for me, and that is going against Bill Belichick with the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Ooh, what do you got? My two-weight is with Bill Belichick, the genius as a two-weight. The genius is smart enough to know that the first game of the season, <laughs> in fact, the whole first month, isn't about wins are nice. He wants to win, but he is willing to sacrifice to make the team better late in the season. And we've seen that. You you had some stats on in uh, September, October. Well, look up Bill Belichick. Maybe McKenzie will for us. Bill Belichick in the month of September versus Bill Belichick otherwise. And you're going to see a massive difference. And week one shows you that pretty strongly. Um, Belichick is below average in week one, especially considering his typical average. He is um, 11 and 12 against the spread. 11 and 12 over-unders, too. Uh, over 11. I mean, just right down the middle. 
and the ATS margin minus 0.8 points. So he's a losing, forget the VIG, he's a coin flip, worse than a coin flip in the first game. So to me, the Belichick stuff isn't as pertinent here. Number two, Tom Brady. They're having Tom Brady night. (laughs) Now, do you think that somehow they're retiring his jersey or something? It doesn't seem like a good thing with Mac Jones, everyone talking about Tom Brady, right? This is a high-pressure situation right now. you got the Eagles coming in who um, happen to do exceptionally well the first games of the year. I believe some of this is noise and some of it isn't, and I don't know what's what, right? So that's why I don't let this stuff dictate, but I don't want to bucket. Sirianni, 27 points. He's outscored the spread in two years. Right? That's combined, so meaning 13 and a half points per game. Was that the Philly Detroit game where they were up 38 and they won by three? I think that was week two, Fez. That was week two. I think, no, I think that was week one. Yeah, week one. So that would make it look even better because they 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 destroyed. Oh, you're actually right because he's one and one ATS, but up 13 points. But he destroyed Detroit. That's that's talk about that's an obelisk or an asterisk. It's really they a 17. Point that's win. that's a good point. And then the other win was a monster. So who who they have last year in week one? I last guess. year was Detroit, the 38, uh, so 35. Who was it before that? 2021, they beat Atlanta 32-6. Yeah. So I mean, this is this, and they were, were killing Detroit. Yeah. So to me is we know they're good in week one. We know Belichick isn't necessarily. Um, And we know that the Patriots struggle so much with mobile quarterbacks. Belichick has trouble against mobile quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a perfect storm. And the market is sitting there at uh, um, 3.8. Would you say, Mackenzie? And we're yeah, only laying three, three and, and a half. half. Yeah. So I got line value. And you're getting line value because one guy gave out New England plus five and he moves the market, at least temporarily, down to three and a half. And that well, was like a that was like it's five days up. ago. And now it's moving back up. And lastly, D line, strength of Philly. And right now the Patriots O line, it's a problem. I mean, it's discombobulated. Yeah, right, right now. tackle went on IR. Here's what I like about the Patriots this week. They're gonna have a real offense unlike last season. And Bill O'Brien, I've bad-mouthed Bill O'Brien enough. Bill O'Brien, the coach, pretty solid. I I like Bill O'Brien, the OC, quite a bit. Uh, But Bill O'Brien, what he's going to bring is RPO. That's what he did in Houston. That's what he did in Alabama. That's what he's had a lot of success with. Why I like that in this particular matchup is the middle of the defense is where Philadelphia is new. New linebackers, new new on the defensive front, new safeties. Like that's where they're changing things up on this defense. That's who's going to be affected most by RPO. That's the guys who have to make the decision: Are they going to hand this ball off or not? And I think it can cause some real confusion for this Philly defense. And I also think the Eagles got a little bit overvalued late in the season. They finished two six and one ATS in their last nine games. The, the the price had just gotten out of control, but they kept winning. They went to the Super Bowl. Nobody thinks the Eagles faded in the second half because straight up they didn't. But well, I mean, Hertz was out multiple games. Got that's to- accounted for in the spread, wasn't it? Well, no, but when it is accounted for in the spread, but it doesn't account for the team as it exists today. Meaning, if Hertz is as good as he seems, then I mean, Scott picked him second in the in the um, mm-hmm. challenge. So I get. Let's think about the way you said that, because in theory it is accounted for in the spread, but 
it's a different contest. It's like, how can you, like, certain teams are, if everyone took their quarterback off their team and went to third stringers, remember that Raiders game? I think it was the Raiders game where they had to use a, or Denver, it was a Denver game. Yeah, yeah, they had to receiver. use a receiver or something. If everyone in the league did that, it would all be accounted for, but teams would be good and some teams wouldn't. And then when you went back to normal football, how much would that tell you about normal football, what happened there? Like during the strike season, I, you, you're too young to remember. In 87, I think it was, um, San Francisco came out, Bill Walsh, in the, in the, and ran the wishbone with a scab. Because <laughs> it was like, that's what I can teach these guys. That was interesting. It was accounted for in the spread, but it wasn't the team. I think Hurts is such a big part of this team. I don't. I don't look at that to say, oh well, it was accounted for this. But yeah, maybe it speaks to the other Philly guys. But let's be honest, they were. Well, when you talk about Baltimore, you don't say that. Like you talk when you talk about Baltimore ATS last year. Like it, it, Lamar, they they were winning when Lamar was on the field, and when he was when he wasn't, they weren't. They, well, they played pretty well against the spread. I think Philly finished zero and four against the spread when they had home field wrapped up. Though, I think so. that was part of it too, for sure. Here's the question: Have have you downgraded the Eagles? From you, you picked an arbitrary point to start with your stats. From that point till now, or till the at the end of the Super Bowl, let's say, did you downgrade the Eagles? I've down the, I've downgraded the Eagles from the end of the Super Bowl to now. Yeah, yes, no, no, that's no. a different question. Different question. From the point you're giving because there hasn't been any games played during that time, right? So you gave me a trend that I'm defending now, saying, well, why isn't that pertinent? Have you downgraded the Eagles from the beginning? No. Of that tra- okay, so what's the point? The point is the Eagles got to a, a point in the market where the spreads were too high. And people but, still said, I'm still betting on the Eagles. I, 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 I think Abe, it's a good point for AJ. He hasn't downgraded the Eagles at the end of the year, but the market overly upgraded them in December, back in December. Well, I guess, okay, then that's a different question. I agree. So let me ask it differently. So you believe that coming into the Super Bowl, for example, the Eagles were overrated? I did. Okay. Um I mean, they, they cover that Super Bowl most of the time. I mean, I, I think looking at the, how good the Eagles were in that game, it's hard to say anyone had the Eagles overrated the whole I, year. I, I, Chargers I, beat the Jaguars most of the time, I, but they I, didn't in the playoffs. But what I'm saying is that, well, and you keep telling us how that doesn't matter, but, <laughs> but my question is, can anyone watch that Super Bowl and think – this Philly team was overrated. No. I, I had both I teams rated seven points better than an average team before the Super Bowl and after the Super Bowl. And 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 I think what do you in the market had it, you know, similarly. Well, yeah. if anything, the market had Kansas City favored, right? It was close to pick. Oh, I remember. I forgot about the Mahomes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, because Kansas City would I can't even remember the exact, you know. Yeah. I remember Circa opened and it moved but Yeah, okay. Um so I, I guess my point is, if your argument is the Eagles coming to this game overrated, I think the only point you can make is the stuff in the offseason, that there was enough changes and how it was, it's not being accounted for. I don't think it has to do with the ATS at the end of the year. Okay. Well, I actually think AJ was right. I, th- right? I, th- I, think, I think even though the Eagles, the market just was embraced. Remember, they were killing everybody. I know. Just killing everybody, especially in the first Remember, half. Now, let's they, not forget, you were a big skeptic the whole year. 
The whole year you had him like seventh and this eighth. Isn't, this is an accurate statement, uh-huh. but I don't see how that's as germane to our discussion. Got an agenda here. Go ahead. The Germans got nothing to do with this, Steve. <laughs> yes. But go ahead. No. Yeah. I mean, but, but do you think they were? I would make the case that they were sitting on leads. What you saw. In the- I, 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 I think that they were getting valued like they, they were going to treat a game on December 15th the same as October 15th, and that was f- foolish because they had everything wrapped up. And I don't think Hurts, to be honest with you, I don't think Hurts was even 100% in that Super Bowl, which is amazing. How well he played. Yeah. I have a counter to the, the whole Bill O'Brien argument, and, and, and uh, it, maybe it means something, maybe it doesn't. But if he's, you know, his offensive system, the way that he calls plays, the RPO that might take some of the Eagles' newcomers by surprise, I don't think that's the case at all. Bill O'Brien spent the last two seasons as Alabama's offensive coordinator, and we know the Eagles have loaded up on Georgia defensive players. Just look at who they have, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, Keely Ringo, Nolan Smith. But we haven't seen a ton from them, have? I mean, if anything, last year's crop was... Well, I'm just saying these Georgia players have seen Bill O'Brien's Alabama offense for the past two years. Mm -hmm. And so if they're looking at film just to try and get something, oh, what does he do in this situation? What tendency does he have to call? plays here but that was that was with running quarterbacks they they did run more rpo in the preseason in fact from pff after two weeks of the preseason they were up to 18.2 percent third highest rpo rate in the league third Uh, highest in the league okay they were at 20th last year 7.4 so third to 20th and you think philly's weak in the middle i don't think they're weak i think they're new in the middle well i mean they're young they're weak okay they're right. unproven. Unproven. Unproven in the middle. I think it's a valid point. So what I would say is it makes me like the over. Right? If if if, if the Patriots are getting points and we, I and like the under. Why? Because I New England's not going to be able to score a lot of points. They might be able to turn some well, clock. These RPOs are going to Yeah, do turn it. some clock and get some first downs against the soft underbelly of the unproven Eagle defense. The Eagles still have a good defense. Well, first off, they have a uh, one of the best if not best defensive lines exactly. against a weak O-line. But let's just say this, if you like Belichick mucks Belichick mucks up these games against these better teams. He he loses 20 to 19 or 23 to 19. These are lower scoring and the Eagles aren't as good offensively on the road. They had five games on the road. That were 46 points or under that number. So I played under. Mackenzie, do me a favor. Look when the uh, Belichick is an underdog and go all the way back to 99. Let's, you know, let's count all his time and tell me what the uh, DPA and DPS is, meaning did they score more? I know their margin is going to be good ATS. The question is, did it come from defense or offense? That's that, And I expect it's from defense. All right. And what's lucky is we can have that yeah. being done. Beautiful. We have an extra free pick here from Mr. Diamond Dave Esler. Now, listen, I call him Diamond Dave. Some call him Uncle Dave. Now, that doesn't seem like it goes together, does it, Fez? Diamond Dave, Uncle Dave. Yeah, a Diamond Dave is like, uh, he, Ted, DiBia- no, like Ted DiBiase, uh-huh. the Million Dollar Man, called, you know, in his. Or Diamond Jim. You ever yeah, heard of Diamond like, Jim? Yeah, like younger, you know, gambler, womanizer. Yeah. That would be a cool name, Diamond Jim. That's a good name. <laughs> but here's the thing about Rothstein that, that I love is his nickname. And remember, he was the Hyman Roth. Oh, no, he wasn't the Hyman Roth character. But he was na- Hyman Roth was named after Rothstein. Oh, that's that right? why he called himself Roth. That was that actual outtake of Godfather 1. They showed that. Um, I saw that on YouTube. I don't know if you've heard of that, Fez. Is I'm going to have to if I want to watch the NFL ticket. He had two nicknames. One was the Big Brain. 
and the other was the big bankroll. Ooh. I'd want to be the big bankroll. Hmm. It's like, who's backing this? The big bankroll. <laughs> right? Yeah. Let's go to Diamond Dave Asler. I love, and I bet, the Patriots-Eagles first half under 22.5 points. I had an epic season last year, and I'm planning on doing it again this year, but I'm not giving out a bet today using lines that have been up all summer. Here's one that's fresh and beatable. The Eagles' defense was number one in yards per play last year, and they added Jalen Carter to the defensive line to shore up the run defense, which, of course, plays into what New England likes to do, and that's with or without Bill O'Brien. The Eagles are going to force Mac Jones to beat them, and the Patriots were 25th in first-half scoring, just under nine points last year. Belichick has had all summer to game plan a defense that'll be better than last year's team that allowed just under 11 first-half points. Look, I know, Hurts had a career year. He didn't throw for 4,000 yards. A.J. Brown had a career year by over 400 yards. Devontae Smith had almost 1,200 yards receiving. They all had career years. Can that be duplicated? No. Miles Sanders had a career year, and he's gone. DeAndre Swift hasn't played a full season, and he's never run for over 700 yards. I also have history on my side as far as Super Bowl losers in Game 1 the following year. Three years ago, the Chiefs lost to Brady and the Bucks. Game 1 the following year scored 10 first-half points. Two years ago, the Bengals lost to the Rams. In the Super Bowl, in Game 1 last year, they scored six first-half points. If this were Game 2, I'd feel very differently. But you add in the Tom Brady coronation, there's a little extra early motivation and a lot of extra crowd energy. Patriots-Eagles first half under 22.5 points. All right, Fez, it looks like he backs you up. Now, the first half, what do you think of that concept? Yeah, I like it. The... um... If the Patriots get behind, they're going to have to take more risks and it could open up the game. And I, I do think the fact that the Eagles didn't play Hurts in the preseason goes back to like lower offensive production early in the game. And I think New England's going to look for ball control to try to you know shorten the game. But i got to tell you, I like lane three and a half, I guess. Yeah, three and a half. I like lane three and a half in a game that the other team has to do. It's like they're playing the greatest show on turf <laughs> or something. It's like we got to – are they going to water the field down with the extra, like, like, mud? How much difference do you think there is with these new coordinators? Like, do you think that the Eagles look different fundamentally on offense or defense this year? Well, I think on offense it's a big deal, to be honest, because it, it, Steichen, when he took over, it, they improved, right? I think on defense, by all accounts – this guy was way overrated. We're seeing stuff in Arizona that doesn't look necessarily mm. good. Um, apparently, he goes. Have you guys seen the videos where he's going? He goes like choo choo choo. Like he's walking around like doing like fake pistols and stuff. Have you guys finger heard? guns? <laughs> see it. No, but that's funny. Yeah, it's all over the place. And um, yeah, so yeah, I'm not sure about him. So I think on one case, yes. One case, probably not. Would be my thought. But again, there's still transition, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Remember, Fangio was was consultant with them the whole, I think, the second half of last season. So Philly had Fangio behind the scenes. Mm. So I think the offense is going to be fine because Sirianni's mainly controlling that. And plus the quarterback's coach who was with Jalen Hurts the whole time, he's now the offensive coordinator. Yeah. So there's not going to be much Continuity turnover there. Continuity, yeah. and they don't have the turnover. But I, I think Steichen's a really good coach, you know, yeah. which backs up your Colts. Yeah. All right, so we have a disagreement on that one. Fez, where do you lean on this one? The under. Okay. All right, three-star, four. Let's go with uh, Scott. Oh, I, my three-star was already at Green Bay. All right. Yep. 
Not a good pick. My three star was already Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, piggybacking us. Good yeah, pick. Yeah, piggybacking good pick. you guys. Yeah. All right, Fez, two star. Two star. You know, I regret this two star. I wish I could go, go back in time and take Indianapolis, but my two star is Houston plus 10. I couldn't. Ooh. I could not get past the double digits. I know the dogs have been so good, especially the bigger dogs. And you didn't even listen. To <laughs> I'm my coming. I'm coming. You showed weakness, baby. You I, showed weakness. Well, what what put me over the edge is I was looking at the injury report, and I know Baltimore has all these shiny new weapons like Flowers, etc. But um, Andrews. Bottom line is Lamar Jackson's safety blanket, and I saw that he has a quad injury, and he's just probable, so he's not at 100%. Probable. There's not even probable anymore. That's not an official term. I don't know why I wrote probable. I don't, I'm almost sure unless they change it again this year. I don't know. So he, he's not a full 100%, and that was just enough. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, that's your third down guy you're going to when you're passing down the field because you're, he's so used to it. Ten is a mountain of points. I'm, if this isn't a bet on the Texans, it's a fade of the Ravens who did, unlike other years, they did not play their starters in preseason. Okay, so Harbaugh is uh, got 11, or I'm sorry, 15. Oh, see, I misspoke with Andy Reid. Andy Reid has 24. Wow, 24 first games. And uh, he has 16 wins of the 24. And what we have with Harbaugh is he's 11 and 5. In first games. You think that's pretty good, right? 14 points a game straight up. You think that's pretty good, right? 11 points a game against the spread. Well, but he always emphasized 11 the pre- points a game. When he emphasized the preseason. He didn't do so this year. Well, it, if, if he thinks that was the driver... Why wouldn't he? Because he's getting people injured, and and, and he already you had. Think? I don't think so. Humphrey went down. I don't think so. Humphrey went down. And, I think and, it's because I think he didn't want to reveal the offense. No, that's true. But they didn't get the they didn't get the run the offense. But and, he must and, he and decided. Game. But he decided it was more important because let's be honest, Harbaugh's a good coach, uh, no doubt. And he weighed it and said, smells, but yeah, well, his brother does <laughs> mostly. We we weighed. He weighed and oh we oh. He weighed it and said, okay, this element of surprise versus the reps. Because everyone says now that the uh, practices, when they have these, um, what do they call those? Uh, two Joint practices. Yeah, joint, joint practices, practices. Where they get to run like 30 plays and they get to say, let's go goal line. They get, mm-hmm. And there's no tape there. Like the, the, mm-hmm. Each team's allowed tape in it. It's better than you know, give, giving doing, something away. Yeah, and, and they make a commitment to each other not to give it out. So Because neither of them want it out. Hey. They're going to pass more. Prove it, Lamar Jackson. You got to pr- you got to prove that you can actually move the ball, throwing the ball down the field. Until I see it, I'm taking double digits. But Harbaugh believes that his actions are going to be better than 11 points per game over the spread. Or why would he do it? Yes. And maybe Harbaugh's wrong, but he's pretty good at this. He's probably tired of getting his entire team injured and then crumbling in the second half. Do you of think years. they run it up? If they're up by 10, let's say they're up 10. They yeah. The, I think yeah. they run it yes. up, don't they? Yes. How much did you downgrade Houston from their performance in the preseason? Oh, my goodness. Let me see. Because yeah. that, that was a team you, I think you have to look at uh, Shroud. What's his name? Shroud. Shroud. And it's first and goal from the one, and they don't get the playoff. Well, I they mean, do that have was, a rookie head coach here, too. Um, I downgraded them a point. I had them four and a half worse than average team, and now I got them five and a half. That's a pretty big adjustment for a preseason adjustment. I think you're right. Yes. I mean, it's almost. I'll, as I'm big not as betting your, on Houston. I'm it's betting, almost as big as your cousin. Well, you are betting on Houston. I'm, uh, <laughs> I pressed the button. No, I'm betting against Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, you know what? You got to come up with five picks. It's not easy. So you're saying, oh, quit your crying. So I have seven or eight today. 
Well, we're going to have to pick every one, remember. I hear you. I like that. Now, listen, um, when you said you're betting against Baltimore, you're betting against the team that covers by 11 points per game over 15 seasons. Baltimore's one of these eight teams that didn't play their their, their starting quarterback but during Lamar preseason. Lamar never plays in the preseason. He does. He played a little bit. How do you think they won 24 straight yeah. games? Mm. Come on. But I think, I, if you really think about it, if I said, hey, uh, Fez, Baltimore's got something so hot going on that they can't show it, and they're going to let that streak that Harbaugh loves go because he thinks it's so impactful. That's scary, isn't it? it? it, it, it I'll let, let you buy out right let now. Me, no, I'm not buying out. Um, the uh, <laughs> note in terms, of sur- in terms of Survivor, uh, Baltimore's t- playing 10, but the optimal Survivor, and everyone's going to figure this out, is to play the Washington because they're playing Arizona, and Washington's a bad team laying seven. That's the better pick to try to go deep into a Survivor pool. Okay, because this is the question. We'll talk a little Survivor, but the question is, are you trying to win this week, or are you trying to win the contest? Yes. And 8 million, right, plus is what we're expecting? 8 million. That'd be and nice. when are you going to take Washington again? Yeah. Yeah. At least you can hedge 4 million at the end if you need to. Oh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just go to the Dollar Loan Center and they'll approve me. Since 2019, Lamar Jackson's thrown four passes in the preseason, two drives. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I would have I would have thought more. I thought more also. It's interesting when you have the facts. It's more convincing, yeah. isn't it? I'm getting to and, it. And Jim Harbaugh, is, uh, John Harbaugh, is the most profitable week one coach in all the databases. <laughs> and when you say, when, when you talk about Harbaugh, Jim, wow. Oh, that's the wrong one. God darn it. All right, here it is. Jim Harbaugh, you say? He smells. Yeah, I like the I like the Colts. If I had to do it again, I'd make make my two eight. Well, I'm happy that we have this bet. All right, what's next? Me two star? Who me? Uh, your two stars already been done. It's the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good one. It's Scott's two star. Who me? Oh. All right, my two star is the Las Vegas Raiders. That's wow. my one star. As I well. gotta give these guys some credit real quick. Your ta- um, not your Tampa pick. What was your, you know, your Colts pick was sophisticated. That's a sophisticated pick, and I say the Raiders here is a ballsy pick. Yeah, I'm, I, I am backing Jimmy Garoppolo as an underdog, seventeen and five ATS in his career, and right now, oh, looking yeah. at both of these teams, the quarterback that I trust more, believe it or not. Is Jimmy Garoppolo more than Russell Wilson? I do not. I I get it. Sean Payton coming in has to be an improvement on what they had last year. But I still don't know if what we saw from Russell was a victim of his circumstances, the, the environment around him, or if this is just who Russell Wilson is now as a quarterback. And if the latter is true, I can't back Denver at all this season. So how how did he, to you, how did he look in the preseason? He looked no, slow. He looks he looks slimmer. He looks slow. Mm-hmm. Nothing that nothing that I you know looked at and was like, oh, I think this so is going to no be a big adjustment. I'm, right. not, I'm not betting him to be the comeback player of the year. He is running. I, he ran for 25 yards in one of the preseason games. Now, how worried are you with the more uh, tumult in the with the Raiders? Well, because Chandler Jones. Yeah, I mean this is not usual. Mm-hmm. Oops, I'm, I'm, I'm not up worried. on this, RJ. What's going on with Chandler Jones? Uh, he he he. Uh, he tweeted something out about not wanting to be on the Raiders because he went to the facility and it was closed. And then he had to have his own private workout. And now he's away from the team for personal reasons. So don't know if he's going to suit up. Have like great facilities. 
Apparently, no one's there. I don't know. I went to get lunch today, and like there was a, a guy who looked like a football player that was online, and some the person that worked at the place goes, "You play for the Raiders?" And the guy said no, and he like laughed because he was like, you know, like, like thanks for saying like I look like an athlete. And the guy's like, "Good, because we don't serve Raiders." <laughs> really? Yeah, I guess he, the, the M is, is an official sponsor of like of, of Raider Nation. They've got the Raider Cafe. I know people seem to like. But Raiders. I thought it was hilarious, and I was like right down the road from the Raiders practice facility, so that's why the guy thought that this. All right, Mr. Trend. Here's a problem. Denver playing at home. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got this one? Oh, I have Denver home. I understand the month uh, of September. Well, and... it's more than that, or it's less than that. It's the first two weeks. Or let me see, last three home. It's the first two weeks, I think. First two weeks at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this hasn't been so good the last five but, years. But hold on a second. 17-4 and four straight up, 13-5-3. and three. Now, it is interesting. There's three home it's openers. week one only. Oh, week one only. Three home openers. Now, it's good in week two also, so maybe pop that up also. Um, uh, they've been pushes. So literally <laughs> three, three, and two, it pushed at two. But who better to get a team prepared to play in Denver than a guy who was the head coach in Denver in Josh McDaniels? I also have this little trend. If he wants Denver to lose, maybe he should coach him. <laughs> he took Tim Tebow to the playoffs. 316 passing <laughs> yards. <the> 316 <laughs> passing yards. I go, think go Tim figure. Tebow was a, was a solid backup. So I do, actually. I do, too. In week one, teams that won four to six games the prior year, so that would be four to, oh god that would be that the Raiders fit in bad teams let's just call it bad teams on the well, road but in what, week one. what happens if they win three games not really not, not really teams. bad teams. just bad this is bad. let's go through this one quick all right road teams in that mold they're seventy percent ATS since two thousand four all right so forty nine twenty one and five you know the saying you never know how far you can go until you go too far <laughs> you've gone too far with your training all right oh so it looks like in week two it's nine seven and two. But it's plus almost five points ATS. So that's pretty strong. The idea teams are not in football playing shape, or is that going to show up in altitude? That's the premise of the first week or two. I'm also very concerned about the Broncos' receiving core. Like, who's Russell Wilson passing the football to? I mean, Jerry Judy did return to practice, but I still well, don't think he's— I mean, if you're practicing on Wednesday, you're probably in good shape. He All wasn't right, supposed so to play. Let's not bla- Listen, we got a couple good points. You made them. And he kind of, I think the—I am a little worried about—listen. I'm on this pick, too. Oh, okay, well, yeah. you got to tell us at some point. Yeah, I did. I said this was my one star as well, so I, didn't I, hear that. I apologize. Uh, Raiders are 6-0 against Denver since they moved to Vegas. They, they've dominated this series lately. and I'm a new coach. I, I get it. I, I like the idea back in the Raiders now while they're healthy. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get hurt at some point this season, and that's baked into preseason expectations for the Raiders, I believe. But right now, he's he's good. Devontae Adams is healthy. Josh Jacobs is healthy. You can't say that about the Broncos' weapons. Their best running backs coming back from a major knee injury. His PCL was torn 12 months ago. They say he's going to try and be on the field week one. They don't know for sure. Uh, You mentioned Jerry Judy. Back at practice, limited with a hamstring. Are they going to risk him week one? That leaves. Well, no, no. Yeah, if he's practicing, they're going to risk him week one. Yeah. Well, well, Bosa practiced today, and the, the people are saying. But but there's a difference. Bosa practiced. Today. What did he do at practice? Like what, uh, he what, was. What, uh, he practiced. I like, mean, that's not. See, that's the problem with this idea that there's a binary that because there's pr- limited at practice. There's practice. You can't be anything but limited if you. The way that Bosa's been disengaged. But did they say limited? Yeah, Judy was limited. No, no, I'm talking about both. Oh, 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 oh. Is so. My point is, 
if someone's practicing, there's a good chance he's going to be there. And maybe he's not. But by saying questionable is is enough. I think by going and saying, you know, maybe he's going to miss. It's like we all know there's an uncertainty with okay. Judy. Uncertainty. Now, there's uncertainty with, well, I guess Jones isn't even with the team. So the assumption yeah. is he's missing. Mm-hmm. Where would we rate him as uh, on defense? I mean, they paid him a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, he's probably – he's. He's not as good as Max Crosby. He's, he's not as important as Max Crosby. He's one of their. He's one of their top three defenders. Okay, because their D ain't great to start with, right? right? Yeah, I don't know. Listen, I like that you guys are going with a dog here. This is an ugly, smelly dog. There is a dynamic here, I, and I like it. This line was four, and a big name person released on Denver. And moved the line to five, and so there's still an ancillary impact in the marketplace on that, making this line artificially high. I feel. I'm sorry. So the line's three and a half right now. So explain. So there was a release and it went from what to what? From four to five. Right, and it's been bought back. Yes. Okay. Seems like that's happening a lot, isn't it? Yes. Hmm. Someone mentioned that. Hmm. And and it's something to look at is that's a valid point. Even if, a, and again, so people win, people lose. I mean, they know what they do. It's so hard to know. With batters who are batting both ways on things, like you know, Fez, you got your releases that you have an opinion on and, and, and a strong opinion on, and we keep the records and you're double double documented, as they say, because we have a guy who uh, is a very respected, like he's been posting for like 40 years. I don't know about 40, but a long time throughout all the you know, like at different site, old school sites, not you know, before pregame mm-hmm. type sites. And and then we have the normal pregame system, so you're double documented, um, but you do a lot of stuff that's unrelated to that. Which is, hey, I'm going to try to arbitrage this. I'm going to try. I'm going to play both sides. Like gonna, it, you're doing with Atlanta, you yeah. laid three, and now you yeah. now you got but, great but that options. That was one I made a pick on, and now I'm making it public. I'm going to, you know, again, I'm that pick stays as yes. a documented pick. But you do a lot of stuff that's not even related to the picks you release because there's no way for anyone to follow it. You're betting both sides at once, you know, whatever. Okay. I mean, everyone's got their stuff. Monday Night Football. There was a pick on Buffalo and there was a plus three on the Jets right when these lines came out back in you got both, April. Though. I took both. All right. So those kind of things, you don't – only person that has insight into those are the people that are betting with that group. So, you know, I'm not here to judge who wins, who loses, but – Unless I know, and then I will. Um, but what I know is if someone's got enough attention to move the line, the question is, is it getting bought back? Mm-hmm. And you talked about that with your your props. And what we're seeing is, and what I speculated is people, and I'm not talking about any individual group necessarily, though it does apply. Um, I think it's a situation where the ability to move the market has massive value. And if you can do that in some percentage of the time, have intentions of buying it back, who's to say who's buying this back? Could be the group that released it. Never can tell. Can't tell. And you know what? It wouldn't be stupid, right? I don't know. The ethics of it, I think, are questionable. If, if, if that's going on, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But what I'm saying is be careful because even when something starts running for a while, you know, it's hard to win if you're not getting at least the second number. And I think the first number, if it's a key number, but if I, if it's four and then it's four and a half and I can get it four and a half, if it runs to five and a half, I probably got a decent play. Yeah. Just like you mentioned with the green Bay total that like, Hey, it was 44 
and now it's 43, and you're like, I, maybe under 43 and a half, but boy, 43, and now it's going to 42. Well, at some point, like the last bite of the apple's been taken. And, and, and to me, I, I, I don't even want it to be about the last bite of the apple, right? I want it to be about I either get the first bite or the second mm-hmm. bite. And this is what I think, Fez, I feel the most. I don't know a lot right now because the market's changing so much. You're a master of reading the market, but wouldn't you agree that in the last two years, in this being maybe the third, we'll see, that that things move differently than they used to? Yeah. it's How often would I say, RJ, I don't know. Why, Fez, why did this line go from four to five? And you were thinking it was going to drop. And I respond, I don't know, RJ. Which doesn't happen very often. Doesn't happen very often, but it it didn't used to ever seemingly happen. And now, well, it it was rare. You you understood why it happened, even if it wasn't what you expected. And And maybe there was new news that came out. And now there's just a whole lot of like big betters, poker players and the like in the marketplace. And sometimes I I think that- I think it's not, I think it's something else. Hmm. I think it's a couple things. One is there's a lot of money in this. There's overhead. So if you want to run an AI model, you got to hire NASA type people or people that are elite. They cost a lot of money. Then you got to have money. People are putting up money. It's like a, a hedge fund that does two and 20, right? 2% every year, 20% of the profit. They need to make investments, right? It's a free roll to them to some degree, except their reputation. Well, all these guys got money and they can't sit and say, you know what? I'm not sure we're going to pass this week or this. They are forced to play. Because if they pass, they they lose because they lose their nut. All that that overhead. Yes. Great point. And and who's going to want to be investing in a group? Because really the key is just like a hedge fund or mutual fund. They're trying to get investors. That's how you make real money. Mm -hmm. Betting your own money. Yeah, it's great. It's what you do. It, but but the reality is, if you wanted to do this like a business, the, the idea of having a, a hedge fund that literally was legal, because you can have an LLC with, like I think, 100 members, and this is what Billy used to do. Every runner Billy had, my understanding, was he had an LLC that they were mm-hmm. members of, because then it wasn't running effect, officially, because mm-hmm. they had interest in the bet. Okay, shifting gears, two picks left, my one weight, one weight. I'm going against my Seattle. This is kind of a hedge. I'm going with the Rams. And I like Seattle. I have not decreased my interest in Seattle, though Smith and Jigma, is that right? Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, and Jigba um, is, is questionable, is my understanding. So it's a matter, you know, that matters a little bit. Um, but to me, it's about the Rams. That You said it earlier. I think it was about the Raiders, AJ, is this is the time – to bet them, they're healthy. Uh, Except Cooper Cup's not. But the the point is, well, listen. The question is, is everyone healthy? The question is, is this how are they relatively healthy relative to the rest of the year? And again, week one, usually you're going to be the healthiest. Again, you got Cooper out. Obviously, that's built into the line. I here's what I know. If you look at the history of Seattle and the Rams, the Ram or during this era with McVay, the Rams have done exceptionally well. They're some, okay. 11 and 2 ATS. Okay. So that's a great number. Thank you. Is there's something about this Shanahan stuff and the offshoots, the interplay with the Seattle three deep, which now is different, you know, or I'm sorry, the Seattle cover three. And I'm just trusting 
that the Rams want to come out hot if they can because, again, McVay came back for a reason, and they have such a good history against Seattle, and specifically McVay comes out hot starting the year six times. He's had a first game, five winners, one loser, ATS now, and he's about eight points per game ATS margin. So you got McVay that does exceptionally well against Seattle. You got McVay that does exceptionally well in Week One. You got home. You got a division dog. Division dog, yeah. though it's the road it, one. Road dog, but yeah. Yeah. So to me, it was my last pick, and my the pick I was thinking of, and we're going to get to it. So I have an opinion was Dallas Giants, but this one I came through in the end, and like uh, like I said, like the Rams. Any thoughts? No, I, I tend to lean the same way. I it didn't make my list, but it's the only way. When you look at all those numbers, eleven and two ATS against Pete Carroll, it's the only. I, I can't bet against him. I, I can't bet against Sean McVay, especially like you said, while Matt Stafford's still healthy. Oh, I thought this was on your list. No, nope. okay. What do you think, Fez? I, I agree. I mean, what's not to like about divisional dogs? As long and 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 be concerned, McVay doesn't care about preseason, but clearly he's. Doesn't need preseason to do well week one. Yeah, it's Absolutely. interesting if we removed him for whatever reason out of there, how, those would be even better. You know, actually, we owe those guys. Mackenzie, put it up on the screen, please. We owe those guys, the, or the, not those guys, the listeners, um, the info on this from Clev. Okay, so this is a situation where you have a QB that had no preseason, and it's from 2016 onward. And as Scott said, there's 27 QBs in this universe. They're 9-18 and 18 overall. And uh, that's uh, amazingly, is this right? 20 points? A ge- oh, oh, wait. It's 19.5 points per game they're scoring. They should have gotten 24.5, and, and they're only getting 19.8. Okay. Now, here's what's fascinating, though. If it's a new system, which is effectively, I think, saying a new offensive coordinator is the way to say it. Um, eh, I mean, is that so? That's an interesting question. Is, is that the case? Is Philly a new system? No. Okay. Even though there's a new OC. No. So it's 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 got to be that there's got to be a change of maybe the head coach or yeah. a fundamental change. All right. That's a subject. or the quarterback comes to a new team. Obviously. I mean, but that's not a new system. Say, normally, you would say an OC change is a new system. I mean, I, even if he came but off the same. Would you tree, say that with Philly? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I so that's what we need to understand. Uh, Mackenzie, if you have any clarification, if you have any sense of that, um, like to me, it's always you have to define terms. But worst case, I, since I'm not tweeting, I'll reach out to Clav and, and get a clarification on that. Um, but if it's a new system, they're two and nine, two and nine against the spread. If it's not a new system, seven and nine. And they score about almost six more points a game if it's not a new system. So to me, that's where, that's where the hay to make is. Yeah. So let's go over quickly. You got the list of quarterbacks, right, Fez? Uh, I got the teams, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, Lions with Goff. All right. So that's not a new system. Nope. Uh, Ravens with Jackson. I think that that's, is a new oh, system. That, that is certainly a new <laughs> system. Yeah. Yes. Uh, right. Bengals Wait with Burrow. Wait a minute. So I should be. Oh, Lord. Oh. That's not good for my pick against you. Uh, Bengals with Burrow. Not, um, not new. Not new, okay, yeah. Uh, Vikings with Cousins, not new. I agree. Uh, Titans, not, not new. new. Uh, Chargers, not I think they're changing OC, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Now, because the OC, I think, and, and check on this, AJ, I think the OC. Oh, and, t- and he played, so it doesn't even apply. Oh, okay. Oh, so, okay. Uh, yeah. oh he played like five times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Char- Just to be clear, though, I think the OC got fired over some 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Chargers new OC. Chargers new system. Yes. Oh, so we want to fade. It's another reason to fade the Chargers. Good. I'm on the Dolphins. That's going to put me on the Dolphins too. Yeah. Eagles. Yeah. Not. I'd say not new. Rams. Well, that, that that's a debate, but yeah, I'd I think say a no. new play caller. I don't know. Well, it, it's a debate, so we don't have yeah, you okay. know, like you know. And I don't know. And finally, the Cowboys. Definitely new system. Definitely yep. new system. Yeah. So, oh, Fez, I got like nine picks this this week. <laughs> I mean, I like. I trim them down. I really do. And remember, I usually give this warning. I should again. Week one's the hardest week. Because the lines are shaped the most. Yeah, and and we're, ju- and and we're jumping shaped. ahead a little bit. And also, you know, you curse the Westgate. Like, you like the Giants, but you can bet three and a half, and they made it three. Which means it's coming back, probably. Yeah. Because remember, Cornegay and his crew do, do a great job of predicting where the line's moving. Mm-hmm. So if you see something that is a statement that, oh, look, that one's about, you know, eight cents one way. Odds are, I would say, I mean, this sounds crazy, at least nine out of ten times it moves that way. I agree with that. And I mean, they know who you know, they know what's happening. Okay, so that was interesting. So just to repeat, we're saying fade the Cowboys based on this, or at least fade their offense, fade the Chargers. I like that. And uh, who was the last one? And we are going to fade Baltimore. Okay, Baltimore, and that was it. Yes. All right. So three of these meet the criteria where they only score 17 points a game. So if you want to really zero in on this. You can zero in at uh, 17 and a half, or I'm sorry, zero in on the team total under for those teams. You might want to play the team total under first half. Why? Well, we don't have any data on that, do we? Yeah, but it, I don't think we need to. It's it, it's so logical. I like data. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah you're right. You're right. <laughs> All right, so next game. My one pick is Washington. I'm laying the seven against Arizona. Uh, Washington, uh, Arizona, excuse me, is going to start Josh Dobbs at quarterback, a guy who they just traded for uh, about a week ago. And to me, this is a complete coaching mismatch. I I talked about this last year. I don't like it, not just first-time head coaches, but that entire coaching staff, it's the first time they've ever been in their roles. Offensive coordinator Drew Petzig, first time ever being an offensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator Nick Rallis, first time ever being a defensive coordinator. Meanwhile, you got Ron Rivera, Eric Bieniemy, Jack Del Rio, very seasoned coaches on the Washington side. To me, complete mismatch in terms of the coaching ability for both of these teams. And we just have we have one team that is clearly not trying to win this season in Arizona versus a team who is probably I mean, these guys are coaching for their jobs. They're playing for their lives. They turn it over to Sam Howell because they believe in him and he's actually looked decent in the preseason. And last year, Arizona's offense without Kyler Murray averaged just 16 points per game. I don't see them scoring. I love the under in this game. In the Commanders' last 24 home games, the under is 18-5-1, second-best home under team besides the Giants in the NFL. I just don't see how Arizona gets points in this so, game. So you you like Washington, and you also like the under? Yep. Okay. Now, typically— it's... And, and McKenzie points out Dobbs <clears throat> fits the system of no preseason and new system. Oh, that's an interesting point, actually. Um Let's think about that. It's a trade. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder how different it is if it's Biden. Like Burrow, I don't know if he usually plays, but if he would have the injury, again, that's that. I don't think you can. Yeah, I was thinking it'd be nice if I knew, but really I don't think that's even objective enough you could even do it. So I think they all fall in the bucket. So that brings up a good point. Um, Here's what interests me about this. And this has always been a debate. When you have a team that's not used to laying points, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the most points Washington is going to lay the rest of the year? I mean, yeah. two, <laughs> maybe. I mean, I don't know. Um, when you're one point five against the Bears. All right, yeah. So there you go. When you're laying it like a touchdown, how do you respond? You would think they're going to be extra excited they can get a short win. What ends up happening is they don't know how to handle the week. They don't know how to handle maybe they're not taking it as seriously. So I am worried about that generally. Um, in fact, I, 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 okay. it feels like in, you know, Scott and I played Washington win total under. I think Washington's like one of the six or seven worst teams in the league, which it scares me to lay a, a significant number touchdown with one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, and that's the whole point. Now, I also don't like fading the clear worst team because everyone knows they're bad. Yep. Right? Can they really be worse than they seem? And I actually think the quarterback situation improved with Dobbs coming in. He's younger. I mean, the idea that Colt McCoy was anything, Colt McCoy wasn't, you know, anything when he was young. Yeah. I, my, my take was the, the, the part of it that was indefensible was giving Colt McCoy all the summer reps Except, and then cutting him back to the third preseason. But Dobbs wasn't available. Game. Dobbs got cut by the Browns. So you think a guy who. No, he was traded for. Oh, traded for, but uh, yeah. So, but do you think that the guy who got all the first team reps, like that, somebody who didn't have any reps, they expected is more... him to start? But at that point, they figured, hey, it's costing us less money, and he has more upside. So yeah, they must. But but does it help them this game? Probably hurts them this game. Yeah. Oh, but it I, has to. They would be better with Tune, the first game. Um, They'd be better with McCoy, the first game. Oh, clearly. But remember. And I, Liz, I don't love getting into the contract stuff, but you got to understand it to in the NFL now to understand it. So one thing I understand is, if I'm not mistaken, is once you have a veteran that is on your roster Saturday this Saturday, is you that is guaranteed his salary. Oh, okay. so there's a, it's not like you could have a guy like McCoy on the for two weeks and cut him. You could, but there'd be a huge, you know, there's a financial element. Yeah, to that. teams used to cut players and then re-sign them after week one. So their contract wasn't guaranteed. And um, they I mean, just I, did that with Zappi, right? Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know exactly why Belichick mm. did it, but he did it with the, that sixth round or two. That you know, so yeah. So I don't. There's a lot. You know, the financial side isn't always clear, but I think it's important. All right. So gotta love this teaser, right? Thirty-eight. I mean, I'm usually I I don't like teasing a seven-point favorite, but with such a low total, well, it's moving up now too, right? It's a low pass. I mean, it's yeah, it's like seven big. point. It's 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 a classic. I think it's gonna close seven and a half, so. We can tease a seven down to one. I like that. Where do you come down on the idea of um, a team that's not used to laying big points, laying them because they're playing a team so bad? Yeah, I don't like doing it. It makes me more nervous because they talk about being in a role they're unaccustomed to. Yeah. But I'm okay doing it much more like week one than, say, middle of the season where they, I think they naturally would let up. That's the picks. And now we've got a couple last games, and we're going to hit you with I think this is being inspired by David Stern. So when the first round's over, he handed it off to David, or it was uh, Adam Silver. Adam Silver. And that's what I'm going to do. So now we're going to have <laughs> Scott do, well, what is there, three games left? But yeah. you read them, and then, you know, we'll talk. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, <laughs> <Boom>. so, <laughs> uh, we have the Saints three-point favorites at home against the Titans. Titans are getting a lot of interest in, like, they maybe they're not as bad as we think, and people don't like the Jags. Some people, 
I think the Titans are getting a lot of division bets. I like the Titans for the division, but uh, frankly, I think this is bet on versus bet on. There's stuff to like about New Orleans. You talk about how unlucky they were last year going 7-10. and 10. Um, I I want to bet on these. Whoever loses this game, I want to look to bet them next week. Okay, because you think these are two bet ons. Yes. Yeah, some Vrabel is a dog numbers. 20-19 and 19 straight up, and when the spread is three or greater against him, 22-9-1 ATS. So spread's three right now, could go down, but right now it falls in that category. I'm curious, why would AJ avoid just telling us what he is against the spread just as a dog? <laughs> what, what, what do you got? What, what's the number? 23-15-1 ATS oh, is a That's I'm, good I'm homework. You got no, it. No, but I'm happy he didn't use that. That yeah, wasn't it. It wasn't good. that good. Yeah. Yeah. Only 60%. <laughs> Let's uh, remember, I gave out the Titans... <laughs> At three and a half in the summer, when the Camara news was coming down, Scott said that Camara isn't going to be playing. He you, did get suspended for three games. He says hey, this line's going to drop, so why don't we get in front of it? So gold what was, star. What was your number three and a half? It was like four, and then three and a half, and then yeah. Did you know the variable numbers? No, I wasn't factoring in the Vrabel numbers then. I was just factoring in no Camara. No, but honestly, I think Vrabel and and Tomlin. There's a lot of analogies. If you really think back to that Kansas City game when they, they went into overtime. And they had, uh, uh, who was it? The guy that got drafted in the fourth round was the quarterback, right? So Tannehill was hurt for Tennessee. Willis? Yeah, Willis. And he, I mean, mm. he was struggling. Mm. And they took Kansas City to overtime. Vrabel yeah. was just good. That's all you can say. And, and the line's 3.25 now. All right. That's moving. Well, I guess, you know, I, uh, I mean, hopefully it keeps going up because you like the dog. Cornegay's folks are on top of this. They're telling you it's dropping. Well, no, he's saying 3.25 versus 3. It's going yep. up. Cornegay's saying it's going to go down. That's why he's got a 3. Oh, okay. So you're saying it hasn't been 3. But, it's going down. Uh, but yeah. you would agree that it's less likely to get to 2.5 than 3.5, I right? agree with that. Yeah. I think it's going to close a solid 3, though. Mm. Which puts us in that nice um, system. Okay, or trend. All right, next game. Sunday night football. The Dallas Cowboys, 3-point favorites at... The New York football giants. All right, so the mark is three and a quarter. So we'll have to see what happens there. We got the home dog in division. That's a monster. We've got the situation with a new offense and a quarterback that hasn't played. What else you got, Fez? My concern is I've got a team in the Giants that the wise guys hate. They bet the Giants season win down from eight to seven and a half. And the wise guys love the Cowboys. They're betting them to win the division. They're betting them to go over the 9.5 and over the 10 wins. So the wise guys like Dallas directionally for the year. They don't like the Giants. But it sure looks like it's the right spot for the Giants in this one particular week. Yeah, I am. Um... Daniel Jones just covers as a quarterback. They call him Danny Covers. I guess maybe Danny I call Dimes. Him Danny Dimes covers 32 and 23 ATS as the starting quarterback of the Giants. Let me ask you though, Fez, is what percentage of a weekly handicap do you think is the power rating on the team, and what percentage is the matchup? Because it strikes me just saying, "Oh, this team's overrated. This team's underrated." That rarely is the driver. Yeah. Well, the power rating is just the starting point. That's mm-hmm. just we like to we like but to see when you say the wise guys like or don't like. You're effectively saying what the true power rating is. Is what they're is what they're stating. They're going well, over. That's because they think they're better. Well, they they're saying that that team is going to be better over the course of the year. That yeah. doesn't necessarily say they're better right now. I know? agree. So that even makes it less relevant. Yeah, I agree with that. But even if we assume it's relevant, this game it's only a piece. That's right. Right. So, 
Yeah. And I think what you said about matchups, like last year, certainly the Giants didn't match up well with the Cowboys. Uh, the Giants pushed in a touchdown with four seconds left to cut the the game to eight when it could would have finished 14 otherwise. The, the Cowboys dominated these two football games. So even last year when the Giants were overachieving, they weren't hanging with the Cowboys. They, did they cover that game? They did. With, with that, that, that touchdown that they <laughs> scored know, with four I mean, seconds left, what that's what put them over. If you're, only, if you're only a touchdown, to me that's why the teasers are so valuable, interesting. I don't like to bet teasers unless it's through three and seven. But my thought is if you win by more than seven or more, even if you had a horrible fluke go against you, Worst case is you either yeah. cover or, or mm-hmm. push or whatever. And so, yeah, it sounds like Dallas should have won by two scores. They won by one. Yep. You know, I, I don't know in the scheme of that game. I bet there was a couple other situations that could have went the other way. Statistically, Dallas dominated both games. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think Dallas really should have won that one. by. Okay, that was great. Um Oh, wait, we have one more game, don't we? Got Monday, the Monday Night, night Football. Game. Monday Night yeah, Football. Yeah, these are some hauls, man. We got to start to figure out – we came in saying we're going to be tight. Feds, there's so much good stuff. We just keep talking. The second part has that, though. Well, we didn't even talk about Colorado the whole time. Well, we College talked football. about that yeah. early this week. Um, no, we talked about it on the special Monday yep. show. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. So that was covered. Um, so what we did throughout this show, and this is different. We've never done this before. We're taking times that we got off topic a little bit. It was related, but it was off, and we're pushing them all to the second pod. So this will be more just the pure picks, and then the second pod is going to be cut up a little bit, have musical, little musical, like dum-dum-dum or something like that transition. Tell us what you think, because I know a lot of people like it tighter in the first, you know, the main pick pod, so we think it might work, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so last year... Uh, we talked a little bit about Dallas and and how they won last year's games. Fez, how much do you account for that? I, I I just don't. To me, if I see a trend that lasts multiple years and it's the same coaching staff, I I can relate to that. I I don't really know year to year. It feels like things change so much. I think very little. I think where it can probably be more helpful if you're a prop specialist is looking at you know some of the numbers. The way the, the matchups could be. Yes. Yeah, that actually. Yeah, you got the same cornerback. That makes sense, right? You got the same cornerback, and he's going against the same receiver or tight end eraser. How's he doing? You know, I just wish there was coaches that got more in the game, like former coaches, because mm. there's so much X's and O's. I, I, I really always feel like you have a, a friend from Houston, uh, AJ uh, Zerline. Yeah, Lance. Yeah, a guy like that. If, if I, I would like to spend one fall. Like what you know, like maybe watching five hours of tape a week, you know, not going, but then you know, be a lot and just asking questions. I think there's a lot there. I do, but I don't know any handicappers that really have that knowledge. No, but I think you can dig into other people's and extract it, and then try to apply it. It's just not direct. Oh, you know what? I know of one. Yeah, David Devine. David Devine. He was a former like college basketball ref. And okay. he's a handicapper, so he's kind of. He, but he's mostly um, college basketball. Yes. Okay. So he's got insider information about. Did he write things. a book about it? I, th- I, I don't I know. He's. I thought I saw a name. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I guess what is the case not to play the Giants here? Then I, I mean, let's acknowledge last year that Dallas dominated. Dak historically owns the division. How's oh you mean in, in division? In games. division, Dak is twenty-seven and seven straight up, twenty-four and ten ATS, and specifically against the Giants, ten and two straight up, 
Eight and four, eight. And that's starting to move towards, you know, not not just move towards. Mm-hmm. It's there. And McKenzie popped that up, too. So, okay, you guys are on it. You know, the power uh, ratings do, like, they make it three. So the power ratings would say if the, the line is fair with this trend and the like, and we can even get three and a half, we got to bet the Giants. I got to do some mathematical stuff. When you get, like, an eight and two, you know, or ten and two in this case, well, I guess eight and four. Uh, ATS. What does it mean to the next game, right? Because I, I, I think I finally have the ability to do that kind of work, which before I wasn't able to. I would say certainly, I would not play Dallas. Would you agree with that? I mean, it's Giants or pass. I would always lean, and it's the the divisional home dog in Week One. So I would, yeah. I would definitely lean with the I'm Giants. I'm torn because I have to say I would bet Dallas because I did bet Dallas minus three, but I didn't give it out to my clients because I thought that oh, Sunday night standalone game. I'm, you know, all the public's going to be betting. I was confident that I'd have a scalpable number. So you didn't like it. It's not that you didn't give it out for any reason other than you didn't think it was a good pick if you weren't going to buy back. That's right. Okay. I, I don't even know if it had. I don't even know if it yeah. had positive equity to bet it. But I said, but I can scalp it. Okay. Let me get in front of this. All right. I, I think it's Giants or Pat because when you add up the home dog, I agree. In division week one, and you add up that this is that situation where it's 17 points a game only for the offense. But I do not like the fact that Dallas is so excited because this is a hell of a year for them potentially. But Dayball, I love. Well, the Giants defense could be the equalizer. They are uh, the best under team in the NFL since 2020 at home. They are 18-6-1 to the under at home since 2020. I, I do think this is correlated. I think you could parlay the G-men to the under, and I think those dovetail nicely in a, in a, in a correlation. Okay. Would so, you agree? You know, because, because they got to start, they can't get in a shootout with Dak. Is that the rationale? Exactly. Well, that, well I just don't see the Giants. That fits squ- well, if the 17 points per game, because of the situation with the quarterback not playing in the preseason, that, that actually w- would be, if that's your handicap, it fits well with I the don't other. think the Giants are going to score more than 21 points. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's my handicap. Well, if it gets to three and a half, I would like, and, the, and what's the total right now? I mean, if, 46 and a half. Oh, yeah. Might be some rain on the forecast. It was 39 points scored at the Giants last year. Check the weather on this. That, right. that was a Cooper Rush game, though. It could, so it, that's it could got rain. an asterisk. Could, could be rain on the forecast, too. Okay. Three and a half and under 46, I'm in. Okay. Yeah, that's a little taster. Right. Not, not for the contest, you don't think? No, because it's at it's at three, right? So yeah. I mean, right away, unless it reverses itself. And again, since he's got it at three in May, last game. Well, I'm just checking the weather here on Sunday. Oh. Sunday night, 69 degrees, 93 <laughs> nice. percent chance of precipitation, thunderstorms for East Rutherford, New Jersey. So how? When do you real quick? When do you see that the weather can be an advantage? Like eventually, everyone gets onto what the weather is. What day does that usually happen? What, when do you think you can pounce and bet weather and not be fully in the market? I, I hate to answer it this way, but it all it all depends. All right, next game, and it's also in East Rutherford, New Jersey. <laughs> no, the I mean, Monday Night Football: The Jets are hosting the Bills. Buffalo, a two and a half point road favorite. You know it could rain. You know, I, I heard. I heard, I think it's going to rain Sunday, I heard. Yeah. All right, so to me, first thing we see right now, okay, so this game's in. For some reason, I was thinking this game was in Buffalo. I was thinking two and a half. This is a lot of points. Wow. Yep. You know, I'm. it's been going up. It was down to one. It was one over most of the summer. Now it's two and a half. I'm going to call an audible here a little bit. The Jets, don't they kind of qualify 
as a quarterback that didn't play in the preseason. I know he played a quarter. He played two drives and threw a touchdown pass. What that's do you want it. From him? Well, but, that's but almost nothing. You got to stick true to your system or because then you never can backfit it. Or I'm sorry, you never can figure out the pass, right? If you do that kind of uh, subjective stuff. Yeah, like we eliminated Ryan Tannehill. And it's yeah. not a new yep. system because he's with his old offensive coordinator that oh, he was the back-to-back MVP But, but he's with. got brand new players that he's all— No, he's not. He's got Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, guys yeah. who he had right. before. All right, those are good but points. But I agree, I agree with you that you could say maybe the system or maybe the effect of that system is there 50%. You're mm-hmm. not sure. Or maybe there's a 50% chance it's there, right? It's either you know maybe fully there or not, or maybe it's half there. But I don't think you can say it's the system. You've got to have a distinction. Sure. There, right? Now, bottom bottom line is that this is a Monday night standalone game, week one of the NFL. The chance that we don't see a three is slim. I think if we just if we're patient, we stay cool. If we're going to bet the Jets, stay cool and wait. So all this talk though about Jets and the and, and getting the HBO attention mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be affecting this. No. So this this is some serious money move in this. I yes. Think. Well, we also have a trend for week one Monday night football games. Since 1998, the underdog in those week one Monday night football games, 28-12-1 ATS. Well, remember, that's good. And then we forget this is a a division dog at home. Mm -hmm. And do you think that Monday night is because maybe a a little bit because it is that standalone game and favorites tend to take money? In those standalone oh, games? Oh, no, no question. But see, that was the old, you get the books from the 80s, like the, the, the manuals on stuff. Monday Night Home Dogs was the thing. Um, what was the distinct? Oh, it was week since one. Was the we, distinction? Week okay. one Monday Night Football games since 98. Yeah, I mean, there's actually academic papers about home dogs on Monday and how that they thought the market was exploitable, you know. Yeah. So uh, week one seems to feel like there's more pomp and circumstance. So whatever the phenomenon was before, it became it lessened, but maybe it sticks there. You know, it could be, you know, who knows? It could be random. Um, Josh Allen didn't play well against the Jets last year in either game. In the second game, that's a game that he hurt his elbow and, and things started to kind of unravel for him. But in the first game, even, he, he had a 51 QBR, one of his worst games of the year in a win. But I, I think a lot of the problem, the Bills' biggest weakness is their offensive line. And that's that's the the pass rush is the Jets' biggest strength. Yep. So it's mm. it's it's not a great matchup for Buffalo. No, I, that's I, I like that idea of the O line again, yeah, and the D line for the Jets being so mm. strong. Um, I mean, Fez, this has to be Jets or pass just because it's a home dog, right? I agree. I mean, this is crazy numbers. Yes. Um, three. Yeah, I think I think it's I think wait if you get a three it might be worth a play. And then if if we never get a three, yeah, throw a teaser in with the week two st- stuff. Right I, I like the kickoff. under in this game too. Maybe with the week two Thursday night game with the Eagles at home. Ooh, what's I, it? laying seven? What's the uh, what's the thinking on? I the like under? that, Scott. The last year it was is thirty two points and thirty seven points. Like I said, Josh Allen just doesn't play well against this team. And the Bills, I mean, defensively, I, I don't think that they're going to get blown out by this Jets offense unless Aaron Rodgers just is suddenly 2020 Aaron Rodgers again. But I don't, I don't believe that to be true. Fast. So 47 feels like a big number. Does feel like a big number. Do we think about? Do Especially we think about right. playing over Buffalo on the win total? I mean, this money's talent. I mean, they've been re- downgraded in a way that was kind of shocking. I, I, in the contest, I, I think I played over on all three of them at 10.5, so I looked that way. 
I mean, I, I, I hate overs, though. I, you don't win playing overs. Yeah, that's a good point. Some teams go over, Fez. Yeah, but math, I mean, it's like mathematically, it's, it's just you're, you're laying the extra. I'm laying minus 120 to tie, up my, to tie up my money. Ties beat you. For, for, yeah. for, for, for four months. If that's the best I can find to invest in, i got to go find a new job. I, well, you don't want that. Oh. You can't play. <laughs> that, means, that, that, means, that means I'm going to have to get a job. All <laughs> so right. that would suck. So that's episode one. Episode two will be a variation of well, the things we talked about that you said, man, usually those boys would have went 10 minutes about that. Well, we do that on the second pod. And also, uh, we're doing this special. We're going we're gonna to try it for a couple weeks at minimum. We're going to do a Thursday standalone pod uh, for the Thursday game that comes out, and it's just about the Thursday game. And it's going to be like 10 minutes long. And we're going to do a same-game parlay, which Fez is skeptical we can find winners. But I think it's fun to try. It's like having a high handicap, you know, like a 7.2 dismount off the Mm. hobby horse. Is that the hobby horse? Well, we'll tell you in the next episode. Talk to you then. Ho, ho. We can't stop that tradition. Let's take us out. Hey. Hey. Be careful out there. True. It's true. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.